This episode of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel, the premier shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. Go to getbevel.com, G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com, punch in promo code COMBAT. Me, Combat Jack, C-U-M-B-A-T, 20% off all your initial purchases. Listen, go to Get Bevel, stop shaving like a pauper, shave like a boss. Make, 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 make them clap to this. To show our appreciation for your support. Make, 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 make them clap to this. Thank you. Hey, yo, internets, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, combatjack.com. Listen, man, I'm so excited for this episode right here. Um, this man right here, you know, incredible, incredible legacy in our culture. You know, there are times when people come up and they create something that's, that's nice and, and new and it's dope. And then there's times when people create something and it pushes the art form forward. And I just remember back in the days when... When, when when this man, you know, was was creating work and how it affected, it added color. Like I always talk about looking at things in technicolor and seeing things in multiple colors. This man brought a lot of color to our culture and to my life. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to the Combat Jack Show. Welcome, Mr. Eric B. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Can't complain at all. Yo, you look, you're all. looking very sharp, man. I do this every day. You do this every my day. And Dion says, uh, what is I saying? If you look good, you feel good. And you feel good, you get paid real good. There you go. And so, it's, it's all about getting paid, right? That's what it's about. Let's go into your history, man. Let's just jump into it, man. You were okay. born and raised in Elmhurst, Queens, right? East Elmhurst, East Queens. East Elmhurst, Queens. You, yes. you played trumpets and the drums. played a lot of different things. Like what? Drums, guitar, but I didn't master them. I okay. played them. Okay. How sax. You, sax? Yeah. How were you introduced to all these instru- instruments? You know, back then, we had bands. Okay. You know, they don't have it now, but right. we had band. I remember my band teacher... His name was Mr. Grillo. Okay. And he was just EFG and he'd be sweating and pushing your fingers and playing the guitar. So, you know, that's how I really got started in music. My band teacher, Mr. Grillo. It, did it awaken a passion in of music course. at the time? Of course. And, you know, we had all these big DJs, you know, uh, King Charles, uh, Dance Master, uh, New Sounds, you know, all these big DJs right. with big sound systems, right. you know, uh, Vernon, DJ Vernon. I always wanted to be DJ Vernon. Okay. Vernon was the light-skinned pretty boy, right. and all the chicks liked him because right. he was the DJ. Right. And, you know, so that that awoke me, and I was like, man, this is great. What Vernon does is, like, really the greatest thing in the world. Now, are we talking about an era when, because I was talking to Daddy-O the other day. Okay. And he was on the show, and, and, you know, our generation, we came up in a time where we enjoyed music before hip-hop, and then we enjoyed music when hip-hop emerged. Talk about when you, talk about the early influences. What music influenced you early? Um, I mean, just everything. You got to remember, our parents played everything yes. from Luther Vandross mm-hmm. to, I mean, and we, back then, we just had so many different varieties of music and there was no color to our music. Right. We just listened to the music. And I remember my mother used to clean the house on, on Saturdays and have all the windows open playing just everything from Al Green. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's nothing that she didn't play. Right. I mean, whether they were white, you know, the average white band, right. this, that. I mean, it just Elton went John. on. and Exactly. Right. And it was no, like we had no color lines. It was just great music. And the radio was formatted like that yes. as well. WABC. Yeah, WABC. You know, Chuck B- Leonard. Yes. And uh, let's see who else was on there. Uh, Damn, Bruce, you Cousin Bruce. Cousin on, Bruce. <laughs> you know, I'm not afraid of my right, age. Right, it's, right. True. It's, a, it's a badge of honor. Yeah. So, I mean, I just remember everything. What's your first memory of, of hearing hip hop? 
Um, when I said we had arrived, I, I was I was riding down the street in WBLS and I heard Rapper's Delight. Mm. And I was like, wow. And he played it. I was like, I think we have arrived. Right. And I just felt, you know, it felt like the civil rights movement. We have arrived. It you felt know? personal. Of it course. felt like this was of course it did. your music. Yes. Playing on the radio. Now, tell us about your household, man. Like like your your mom and your pops and your siblings? Grew up in, you know, I grew up in middle-class America. Okay. I can't say I grew up in the projects right. and all. I grew up in middle-class America. We grew up in a house, we, you know, it's a, a a term that we have it's called Alice. Like you're one check away from disaster, but mm-hmm. we were still middle-class right. family. We right. lived in a home, you know, a car, dogs, you know, cat, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. What were your initial aspirations? I wanted to be a dentist. Really? I wanted to be, yeah, I wanted to be a dentist, of course. <laughs> We had a dentist around the way, man. He was the coolest dude in the right, world. All right. the chicks came by, man. He was the man. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So if it wasn't for hip hop, you would most likely be a dentist. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to be like the local dentist. I wanted to be the man. He was the man. That's crazy. He come by, all the chicks smile. Hey, how you and he was the Spanish guy. So he was the smooth Spanish right. guy. And he was getting money. Oh, of course. He was the first one with a Mercedes. I was like, what is that? He was the man. Now tell us about your siblings. My brothers? Yeah. You how, you, how many of y'all were there? Three. Three. Yes. And you are the, the oldest. You're the oldest. Yes. So all the responsibility responsibility fell on you. No, you know what? My brothers held their own. They still hold their own to today. Okay. So it wasn't like, you know, I had to carry them or we carried each we had carried each other right. as a family. Right. Um, what kind of student were you? Uh the worst. The absolute worst. The absolute worst. What do you mean? Like you, you did the you not like school? Just no, I mean it was great. I, you know, I did it. Got you know great grades, right. but I just, you know, it just didn't interest me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was just funny because I have a guy. You know, we call my older brother Rich. I'll never forget. You know, being sitting on the steps, and so Rich was the man. Rich had the the, the moped and the motorcycle. He was in the garage, and he had all the women over. They were drinking beer. They were drinking old English. They were smoking weed. I, why did I go to school? I want to be like Rich. Right. What do I want to go to school for? Right. School. I want to be like Rich. So I sat down, never forget. I sat down with Rich and Rich said, Eric, what happened with school? I said, man, I don't want to go to school, Rich. I want to be like you. Right. Rich said, whoa, whoa, stop. He said, Eric, if I send you to the store, how are you going to know about the change? He said, if I, I'll beat the man up. He ain't going to give me the, he said, Eric, man, sit your silly ass down, man. He said, sit down. And Rich used to go over with me every, my timetables, my, you know, everything that I have, I really owe it to Rich wow. and my family. Because Rich is the one who turned me around and said, Eric, hold on a second. He said, I still go to school every day. I know, I know how to read and write. So Rich taught me how to read and write and sat down and said, Eric, you sound stupid. What do you mean you don't want to you, you want to ride a motorcycle all day and chase women and drink beer? He said, this ain't cool. He said, cool is learning how to read and write and, mm. and math. You know, and Rich used to sit down with me every day. Eric, I need to talk to you two times, two, four times. You know, and I just go through. You know, 12 times 12. And I just went through it with Rich. And I, I really owed Rich. And never forget, it was during the crack era. Mm. So what happened was, you know, Rich went away to the Army, came back. Everybody was getting high back then. You know, they were drinking, smoking weed. And then they progressed on to smoking crack. And never forget, Rich moved to Atlanta. So now Eric B. and Rakim blows up. Right. Rich is in Atlanta. So somebody comes and says, Eric, one of your brothers is at the back door. I said, well, Ant's here, John's here. My brother's not at the back door. They said, Rich. I said, oh, man, fell down to my knees. Rich came, yo, E, 
man, this and that. I said, Rich, come on, man. You're going on the road with us. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I told right from there. Rich was like, yo, E, I ain't got no calls. I said, I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I remember I gave him my American Express card. Wow. I said, take Rich to the store, get him whatever he wants. They were like, Eric, I said, get him whatever he wants. I don't care how much money he puts on it. If it wasn't for Rich, I wouldn't be here. Where's Rich today? Rich is in Philadelphia. Okay. Rich is in Philadelphia. Has a home, wife, and the dogs. Right. We, we talk. American every other dream. Day. Yes. That's beautiful, man. Yes. That's beautiful. So uh, tell us about your transition into DJing. My transition. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't really a transition like coming from one thing to another. It was just when we grew up in a neighborhood, we used to go to the neighborhood block parties. Right. And then we would see, you know, guys like Vernon and and all these big DJs like seeing dinosaurs on 125th Street. They were larger than life DJs. And you go to the park. I'll never forget. Vernon turned around one day and he said, Eric, um, go ahead, put on a record on a record you know because originally we had guys they used to call them ecs we were equipment carriers right so you know i went from an ec to a dj so i'm like so vernon goes eric um put on a record for me i'm going over here to talk to this girl i was like wow you gonna let me put on a record were you nervous of course park is packed <laughs> park is packed and he's like eric throw on the next record and i remember i kind of i'll say what am i going to play i remember it was a it was a like a clear vinyl and it was, I, I threw it on. Dun, 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 dun. Vernon turned around and said, Eric, why would you play that? I right. said, yo, you told me to put on the record. <laughs> and I'll never forget the first record I ever played, Disco Airlines. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So as you start, is that when you really caught the bug? Of course. Right. Of course. But then, you know, you know, I hope my mother don't listen to this. I used to take her radio and transistor. I used to take it apart right. just, just to be, just to learn the system. We had tubes at first. So you're one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, I'm taking the radio part. Right. If my mother came in, she would have passed out. Right. She she wouldn't get. But a you chance. put it, you put it to back she together. Yeah, before she, she wouldn't have got a chance to right. beat me. She would have right. passed out first because right. I had. I mean, I took it all apart, and then I I really learned how speakers work, the reflectors and speakers. And I mean, I used to do all kind of. We used to take the speakers apart. We go somebody leave speakers on the sidewalk. I'd pick them up and take them apart just to see what made them tick. And I mean, if my mother came home, I would been finished. So, so would you say that you were like a a nerd? No, no. See, not, see, now, now that's where I'm leaving. Now. Oh no, no, don't leave. I'm not, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just trying. <laughs> no, to, I'm, no just, I'm just playing with you. Right. No, but I understand. Of course, right. Of course, nobody else was doing that. Nobody else was thinking about doing that. A black kid, you know, taking transistor radios apart and stuff like that. You know, we're thinking about being in the park playing right. basketball. Right. So, I mean, that's you know, that's what I did. I took them apart. You know. Step by step, I took the transistors, learned how to take the screwdriver and turned it up and made it louder. I remember my mother came home and was like, my radio sounds beautiful. This and <laughs> I was like, Phew. yeah, I mean, it was a great um, it was it was a great like you said, I guess that was my transition. Right. You know, into being a DJ, learning the electronics first right. and then, you know, being being up Vernon, giving me that opportunity to play in the park. And then from there, you know, I I started DJing. And 127 Park, and you know, in East Elmhurst, Queens. What was your initial DJ name? Eric B. So you never, you never had like a. Cool... But, it, but it was Eric B E E. Oh, Eric. And then when you know, then when I got cooler, <laughs> right. you know, you had to take the two E's off. Right. You know, that right. ain't sexy. You right. know. So how did you go from 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 being a, a local DJ to DJing with WBLS? Um, just went up there, went up there and applied. They had. They were talking about, you know, we wasn't, we weren't DJs. First, they were giving out, they were giving out shirts and hats and this and that. I was actually on the first street team. They put together a street team. We had these 
these purple jackets that with orange letters that said WBLS right. on them. So I was big time back. Oh, what I I was the man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got a WBLS WBL, jacket. Yeah, that's big. I'm man. walking around. Frankie Crocker's here in the building. You know what I'm saying, Mister? I'm the man. Frankie Crocker. Hey, he was. Frankie, what's happening? You know, I'm saying when I, we came up, man, we came up in a great era. Right. I mean. Frankie Crocker was around. Uh, he was he was dating Willie Mays' daughter at the time. Okay. Uh, Tom Seaver lived in the neighborhood. Wow. Um, and if you go back in history, if you see the house that Malcolm X was in and they blew the house up, right. that's two two blocks away from me. Well, that's great. So there's a lot of history. Yeah, of course. In my neighborhood, Louis Armstrong lived there. Like I said, Tom so Seaver. So this is real middle a, class. Yes. Yes. This is real middle class, man. Yeah. When did you decide that you wanted to start making music? Um. Being, being a DJ and then hearing Rapper's Delight and you're hearing all these other songs and then you're saying, yo, I think I could do that. Right. I think I could do that. Ne- never forget. I said, man, I know I could do it. And then I had a, I had a, I had a, this great idea. I said, you know what? I go from Queens, Brooklyn, you know, Staten Island, you know, every weekend or during the week. Right. I said, you with, know with what? With the street team. Yes. Right. So I had a BLS van. Didn't have a driver's license, but I had a VLS okay. van. We're going to tell that story. Right. Nobody's so, listening. Of course not. So, you know, I was going from uh, city to city, and I said, man, I'm going to go get all the rappers that I find. Like, you know, I find somebody rapping in the Bronx, find somebody in Queens, find somebody. And I said, I'm going to put together an album with some of the greatest rappers, in, you know, in the tri-state area. Right. Like a compilation. Of album. course. Right. Then wind up going to Long Island and I just wine dance just kept every weekend. They would call. Oh, we want Eric to come back. We were so I played because you literally. It. You, you, yeah, you, literally right. every week I would play another street and wine dance. Right. It, was, it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. So every every week I'd be on this street, that street every weekend and, and wine dance. So I, I met a, a guy named Alvin Tony mm-hmm. when I was there. And Alvin Tony told me, Eric, you know, we got rappers out here. Rappers and what? Man, I'll this, cut is, this, shit, this man. is Long Island. I mean, yeah. are you serious, man? There's no rap in Long no, Island. No, 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 no. Alvin, cut the shit. No, he said, "Nah, Eric, I'm telling you, these guys are nice. I got this. Get, got this night, Freddie, man. Freddie Krueger, man. He's the man. And we gonna go over there. So we went over to Fox's house first. Freddie, Freddie Fox. Yes, we right. went over to Fox's house first, and he was telling Eric, man, he's the man. He's the man. I'm telling you, he's the man. Then we went over to Rock Hemp's house, and right. me and him just start talking. You know, he was home. We start talking and going, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know. About different things, I never forget. You know, when we when I went there, uh, they used to call him Pop. Right. So up on the wall, he had wrote Rock Kim on the wall. I'll never forget this. On, in his room, he used to write stuff on on the wall and wrote Rock Kim. I was like, yo. He was like, yo, I'm studying. You know, I'm, I'm a five percent. I'm studying. I'm studying my lessons, right? Okay. You know, then that's you know that's then that's the name we went with, right? Eric being Rock Kim, yes, because the DJ always came first. No, 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 no. Actually, Rock Kim made up the name of the group. Really. Yes. But but if you remember, though, the DJ back then was yes. so much more revered. And yes. their name, like Jazzy Jeff yes. and the Fresh Prince. Now, going back to Fox, right? Freddie mm-hmm. Fox. Yeah. You went to his crib. He wasn't there. Yes. We got Fox in the studio. Fox, man. Welcome up, to the Combat Jack Show. What up, bro? Where were you, man? What happened that day? Did you know they were coming over? Or? Yeah, I remember um, we were, I was driving, and uh, they stopped me in the street. And, and I was like, yo, this is Eric. Eric had on yes. a, a fur coat. Was it a was it, what, a fox? It was a fox coat. A fox. Damn, you remember fox. with a leather with a leather hat on, right? And, and and a big gold chain on his neck. And I was like, "What up, man?" And he was like, "Yo," he said, "This is Eric B. He's doing a, um, a project, and you know, he wanted to know if you would rock on it." And I said, "Well, I got to go to a rehearsal. 
with my group. And I said, you know, we, you know, we would definitely be interested. He said, nah, not we, you. Right. And what was bad about it is I promised my dudes, man, that I was going to do a song with them. So that's the reason why I wasn't there. Right. Because I, I wanted to keep my obligation to my crew. So it wasn't that I didn't show up because I was irresponsible. I just wanted to keep my obligation. You, you're being a loyal dude. I was being loyal to my team. Right. And. And then he went, and then he met Rakim after that. And then the rest is history. The rest is yes. history, which is what it was supposed to be. So, I mean, you know, these are the touchstone questions like that. Okay. The, 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 the things that set history into motion, man. How did y'all come up with the record Eric B. for president? Well, um, Rakim had already had my melody. My melody probably was, we had those um, tapes. I think it was probably about. 30 to 45 minutes long. It's right. just this long rap that he had put together. 30, 40 minutes. Yes. Just, it just, just wouldn't stop. Right. It, it, we had to actually cut it off because it was so long. My melody, like he could rap all week. So that's the, that's the first, he had that track. Yeah. Right? No, he had the actual, he had the actual, um, the rhymes, right. my melody. And right. it was just on a tape and it just went on and on and on. So we went, it's, it's so funny that I, I look at on the internet and I see Molly Mall t- right. doing this whole tutorial talking about, how he made the record. He he is totally right that he was the engineer yes. and that made the record. And I, and I say this is so funny. When I got the records, Rakim's brother, Stevie Blass worked in a pirate record plant. Like they were had some Jewish guys. They had a, a, a record plant and they were backdooring records, pressing records. So I had the two records. Never forget. I'm in Rakim's basement and it's me, Rakim, Stevie Blass, and they're drinking Ballantyne ale. I can remember it like it was yesterday. So I told Rakim, I said, what I was going to do. I said, this is the beat I'm going to use the president, uh, James Brown, the president. And then I'm going to take a baseline and put it on top of it. Rakim spit the beer all over his mother's basement laughing. Thought it was, I said, I'm going to take something like Vonda Ray. I'm going right. to do my own interpretation of Vonda Ray over like a fat right. He Which was a big hit the, at the time. He spit the beer all over. And so his brother, Stevie Blast, never forget. And I love Stevie Blast to today. He said, Eric, don't listen to this dude. Don't listen to him. He said, all this dude, is, all he does is write rhymes in right, a book. Right. He said, Eric, I, I'm a trained musician. I taught myself. He said, Eric, don't abandon the plan. He said, don't listen to this dude, Eric. He said, I'm telling you. He said, he said, Eric, put it on again. Put it on again. And he's like, Eric, let me come play the keys. Let me do this. Let me do that. And I'll never forget Stevie Blast told me, he said, Eric, please do not abandon the plan. Don't right. listen to this dude. Right. And, what and was then the, I told what, what Rakim. Was the, what was the plan? The plan was to do Eric B as president right. and put um, the baseline okay, right, right, on top right, right, of yeah, it. Okay. And then then um, we we were laughing, and I remember telling Rock Kim, this is how paid in full came. And I said, I said, all right, Rock. I said, I want you to laugh like that when you get paid in full. And and that's how the album name came, paid right. in full. And we used to laugh all the time. He said, all right, we're going to see what happens. And then I remember taking the records. Let me tell you, my greatest mentor in this business was Dougie Fresh. Yes. Dougie Fresh was on fire. Damn, you, it's, it's like you read my questions. Lottie Dottie in the show. Right. So what happened was I remember taking the records to Dougie Fresh, and Dougie Fresh used to sit there and go, I don't know, Hops. We're going to see what happened, Hops, and see how you put this together. You know how Doug talked with the raspy right, voice. Right, right, right. I don't know, Hops. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to pull this one off, Hops. We're going to see what happened. So I went to Molly's house because he was the engineer. Right. Like Mr. Magic used to call him the engineer all-star right. because he was the engineer. Right. So I paid Molly to do, um, because I didn't know how to, you know, work the equipment, but I had the ideas and I knew exactly what I wanted done. 
So I gave him the records. I said, this is what I want done. That's what I want done. He was like, yo, this is which a great is, idea. Which is production. That's you're producing, you're orchestrating yes. the creation of these musical of, pieces. Of course. But, you know, it's so funny. These guys tell these stories because I don't do interviews. Right. And it's so important, you know, now to just tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? If you want to leave me out of history, that's that's fine with me because I didn't get into this business to be a star. I got right. in this business to get out of the street. Right. And a lot of people say, well, Eric, why you don't do interviews? I said, because it don't matter to me. But when people tell lies, right. and, you know, and perpetuate these lies and, oh, I did this, I did that, then I they did be, this. Those lies become facts. Exactly. Right. So people are so, oh, well, Molly did this. Come on. Molly has no no publishing no, no, nothing on the record. So you want me to tell me that that Marlon just gave me the record mm-hmm. and he was scared of me. So that's why he get. Come on, man. He know he knows what it is. That's crazy. How did y'all come, How did y'all find the, the the beat for my melody, though, man? I mean, it was a record Rakim had already had, and we took the interpretation and got the the other songs and put it on. Like he basically had, you know, the melody going all the way through. Right. And then we came back in and said, yo, man, we put a bunch of stuff under what his basic idea was. Because if you look at all the records, it says produced by Eric B. and Rakim. So, right. I, you know, I, I when I look at it, you know, people look at me. Oh, well, you know, this person did that. That person, me and Rakim worked together as a team. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's why if you look at all the records that he's done since then, you know what I'm saying? You don't get that same feel. No, not because at all. we work together as a team. Right. You know, and set produced by Eric B. and Rock Kim. Right. And a lot of people try to separate, oh, who did this, who did that? I don't care. It was you know, it was a collaborative exactly effort. Right. because we're a team. Right. And the people don't know what a team effort is. You know what I'm saying? So I you know, I tell people all the time, I don't get it I didn't get into this business. Oh, I did this, I did that. Yo. I know every month I get a check for this. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm retired. I live a great life. I, yo, you say I look great. Versace ties cost I'm, money. I'm, I'm looking I, at I, that, I do this every day. I'm looking at those boots too. I do, man. <laughs> man, I do this every day, man. And just at the end of the day, you know, I don't get in here and brag about this and brag about that. But at sometimes, you know, it gets irritated. Right. To, you know, to see this idiotic conversations or with these see people. Y- your legacy. Exactly. You almost disappear. Yeah. With, with idiots saying, you know, silly stuff. Yeah. Did Marlon do the records? He's the engineer. Right. That's like I told somebody one time I said, well, Quincy Jones doesn't play this instrument, doesn't play that. But he's the one who produced Michael Jackson's album. Mm-hmm. Quincy sat behind the board or engineered. I, I watched him a guitar player can play this, this, this and that. No, change this, change that. So what are you trying to say? The, the engineer engineer was the producer? Right. No, this was Quincy's Quincy's dream, Quincy's idea. And I try to explain to people if, you know, I got the records and bought them to Marley and I paid him. Right. That's why he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? That's why he doesn't get royalties. I mean, it's the same argument that Big Daddy Kane had with mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. and the same argument that Bismarck had right, with him. You right. could ask either one of them. They had the same argument. Yo, man, Molly's trying to steal this and steal. All right, man. You know, my thing is, let me go on with my business. Right. Let me go on, you know, with my life. I, You know, I don't care about, you know, all of this silly stuff. But when you get these lies and people are perpetual, oh, I, I knew Marlon did the records. What are you talking about, you idiot? Marlon didn't do nothing. If you bring the records over there and you pay them, he's the engineer. He's supposed to. He's supposed to right. engineer. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's so funny. Like Martin Lawrence says, you the co-check, bitch. Check him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Not to disrespect Marlon in right. any kind of way. Marlon's my man. I love Marlon. But at the end of the day, let's tell the truth. And, and it's so funny. MC Shan 
if you look at the records, me and Shan did the mixes mm. because to tell the truth, Marley didn't believe in this. Right. Marley Ma- didn't believe in Eric B. He thought Rakim was the worst rapper in the really? world. He thought Rakim was rhyming slow. Never right. forget. He's like, oh, Eric, Rakim is rhyming, rhyming slow and this and that. We should sell so he was tra- complaining. We should sell a track to Aaron Fuchs and Tough City Records. Right. And the tracks came out good. And Rakim's giving me a headache. And, and MC Shan said, yo, E, yo, man, the God is ill, man. And Shan just loved it. So Marlon didn't want to do the mixes. Right. So me and Shan had been around so long and watched him do the mixes. And me and Shan did the mixes. On Eric B. is president, right. my melody. Right. And, and so, you know, it, when it comes to history, just tell the truth. It ain't no big deal. Right. You know what I'm saying? We all had a great part of history. Marlon had a great part that he played. Shannon had a great part that he played. Instead of, you know, this back and forth bickering, we made a great project together. Right. That's the way I look at it. Right. Rakim had his, had what he brought to the table. I brought something to the table. Stevie Blass, Rakim's brother. Bought, bought this initially to the table and told me, don't abandon the plan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had a part of history. We we got a 30-year run on this yes. record, and people are still saying how great the album is. You can We all should be celebrating this together instead of this, that, and the other thing. You know what I'm saying? We This is the truth. Have you spoken to Molly about no, this? No, I don't even. Every time I see Molly, I'd be so upset. I just want to choke the <laughs> shit out of him. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, come on, man. We we on the same team. You know what I'm saying? We, we should we brothers. We shouldn't be fighting with right. this silly shit. Right. This is a lie. All you got to do is see Stevie Blass, Rakim's brother. He'll tell you. That's where I got the records from. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's where I got the idea. He told me, Eric, please don't abandon the plan. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this back and forth bickering, you know what I'm saying? This is 30 years later. Right. And we're still talking about this shit. Right. Yeah. You don't have no other history to talk about that you've done. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he he, he definitely does. Yes, but yeah. but he has to but he has to share that with but, with but, he has to share that with Big Daddy Kane. Right. He has to share that with Bismarck right. and all of them, and it's the same argument that they had with him. Right. You no, know, right. this was our ideas. If you talk to Kane, he'll say the same thing. We, I spoke to Kane. Kane was Kane was up here. Yeah, and said, what did said, he say? Said the same thing. Okay, you said know what I'm saying? So thing. I can't just pull this out my right. ass, just make up shit. Right. Kane said the same shit. He did this record. He did that, and it was the same thing. A biz biz is on fire. Right. You ask Biz, he just go off. I did this. I did that. And that's what I'm saying. Instead of us arguing about everybody that came into my life was a part of this record. Right. Um, When you made these records, yeah. you didn't think these records would get play on the radio. Definitely not. I mean, I, and I used to take the records and never forget. That's, I know you got you know sold. You know that's crazy, right? Yeah, but, you know, at that era, right. at that time, we wasn't getting radio play. Right, right. So I remember taking the records. I know you got sold. I remember taking it to like I was like, man, we got we got a hit record, and it was crazy. We're in Harlem, and every car that goes by is playing Eric B as president. Other cars are playing my melody. I remember we got in the uh, car one time. Me and Rock Kim was going to a show in Philadelphia. They played Eric B as president like five times mm-hmm. back to back. Mm-hmm. We couldn't believe it. Right, back to back to back. Yeah. And I remember I did. I know you got soul. I took the records to Dougie Amaz- Fresh House. Amazing record. Took the records to Dougie Fresh House and Re- Dougie Fresh said, I don't know, Hops. How you going to pull this off, Hops? <laughs> this, I don't know. Well, he didn't think he didn't think it was a banger? No. What Doug was doing was, you know, I'm I'm the grasshopper. He's the teacher. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you come into Doug. Doug had the, Doug had the monster records in Right. It. Yes. You know, Lottie Dottie in the show. How do you get bigger than that? Right. Exactly. And so Doug is one of the greatest entertainers that we have in mm-hmm. rap. So for me to be able to sit there with Doug and let him say, 
I don't know, Eric. And it gave me motivation. I right. said, I'm going to prove, Doug, you know, I'm going to prove to Doug that this can be done. Do you think that's what he was trying to do? Of course. Right. Of course. Yeah, I mean, Doug is not a negative person. Right. You know what I'm saying? For somebody to say, oh, Doug was trying to, Doug trying to shit on you. He don't care. No, Doug is a motivational speaker. And anybody that knows Doug, he's a positive guy. So I, I'll never forget. I'm in the studio. I had two records together. And my brother, Anthony, is really responsible for I Know You Got Soul. Because I had the two records and I'm sitting in the studio playing games and I got two loops going at the same time. And was like, yo, E, why you don't leave them together? I was like, Ant, man, if you don't get out of here, man. And he's like, nah, E, that shit, he's like, E, that shit is hot, man. You should let it, let it fly. And Ant is responsible for really pushing me to, to do. I know you got soul. He was like, E, man, I'm telling you. Crazy. This rec- yeah. Crazy, crazy. How did y'all get your deal? Um, I sent out tapes to everybody. Right. I, Were my, you getting my, rejected? No, not rejected. Right. You you don't get no call right, back. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, yo, this shit so sucked. That, that shit went into a, a like a, a, a bin. Or exactly. Damn, that's just a lot there. of motherfuckers lost out. Exactly. So, right. you know, I, I remember my mother and father got separated. My mother moved to Harlem. So right. I used to stay in Harlem with my mother. And I, I, I found a record company. You know, back then, you read the back of the record yep. company. Said, Address, telephone yeah, exactly. number. Exactly. Right. So I said, Zakia Records. That, yo, that's right up the block. I went there, just gave him my tape, and it was an old, old hustling dude, Robert Hill. And he, he was like a gambler. So he was like, I don't care, man. Let's just do it. <laughs> old country gambler. He, I don't he, care, he didn't, man. he didn't know what he had in his hands. No, he, you know, he, don't, he didn't care. Right, Rob, right. Rob's gambling, having a good time. Life is great. You know what I'm saying? Back in the, back in the early 80s, late 70s, life was great for right. a lot of those guys. Right, right, right. So he was like, man, come on. He was like, Eric, th- Eric, this is a good record. Let's do it. Okay, right. I got, a, I got a record deal. Yeah. And then we went from that to uh, Fourth and Broadway, Fourth right. um, and Broadway Island, picked up the record. Right. Then, you know, we kept going after that. Yo, Eric, you, you, you talk about the creative process of, the, of these records. Yes. Um, how long did it take you to do the full album? The paid a full album. Have you put all the time together? Probably two weeks. Two weeks. Because remember, t- studio time was expensive. expensive back then. You had the big tapes and this and that and if you remember if you listen to paid in full i never forget we were supposed to be doing mixes and and the reason why i'm talking on paid in full is because rock him was tired i was tired and i'll never forget we're sitting at the board um with eli and patrick adams and i was like you know what i'm gonna say something on the record rock him was like yeah that's a good idea and that's how i started talking on the record right. and even if you listen to it the punch it doesn't say rock him it goes yo oh i kim and we were like, that's close enough, that's close enough, that's close enough, yeah, that's close enough, that's close enough. Hey, yo, internets, this portion of the Combat Jack show is sponsored by our great friends over at Bevel. We've been celebrating and enjoying an, an amazing, amazing, amazing relationship with Bevel for the past, is it two years now, Mena? Two years. And I got to congratulate Tristan Walker on getting Bevel in targets across the country. But if you can't get to a target, which I can't imagine, why don't you go to getbevel.com. Punch in promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, for 20% off. Listen, it's the spring. It's spring. Weather is changing. I know you Akis out there got the beards and shit. I know you sisters out there showing some of that thigh muscle that we recognize, but cuffing season is officially off. Sisters, Akis, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that you want to hold on to from cuffing season, get that nigga a bevel. Get him to fi- fix his shit up. And your brothers, like if, if, if cuffing season really is officially over for you, nigga, get your shit tight. 
Go to getbevel.com, punch in promo code combat, C-O-M-B-A-T, get 20% off of your initial purchases. Tell them combat sent you. Yo, this is this is this cuff this is non-cuffing season 2016. Listen, listen, everybody, men, women, everybody, get that fresh, clean shave and then get wet. And now back to the show. Yo, what kind of person uh was Rakim? Like what what was his personality? Because he's you know, he's you don't see him in the public as much other than when he's performing. What kind of cat is he, man? Uh, a good guy. You know, he's still my brother. He's, he's an introvert. Right. You know what I'm saying? Stays to himself. You know what I'm saying? Does things in his house and won't go out the house. Right. He's really an introvert. So did you have to like force him to be like, come on, man, let's get this money. Of course. Of course. You know, when you get somebody like that, that's an introvert that usually stays home and, you know, writes and and stuff like that. It's a a different life, man. You know, you go from being, you know, in Long Island in the basement to you on a a great stage. And we all, you know, we went from zero to 60 in under under three seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like a like the fastest race car. I remember, you know, Rakim's father may 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 Allah be pleased with him. He was like, "Eric, man, y'all go out, y'all guys are doing a great thing," and he was really happy for us. Right. You know how you you talked about it earlier, man. But what effect did it have when that record hit and it was everywhere? I got soul was everywhere. My melody was everywhere. Eric B for president was every fucking where. Well, I mean, I I remember, I, I remember man, my father may Allah be pleased with him. He. He was really a motivator for us, just like Rakim's father was. Like we had, you know, I had two fathers, right? You know, and they both were they both were the same guys, right? You know, what I'm saying they both was the coolest guys that you ever want to meet. And I remember my father, Eric B, his president's on fire. We got the we got two Rolls Royces in front of the house. We got the Jaguar. We got the Cherokee trucks. We got Pathfinder. We got everything. Right. We got every vehicle you could ever think about in front of the house. And I remember. We played at a roller skating rink on Queens Boulevard, and it, it was the most ridiculous shit ever. We had played the garden, so we decided to play the local roller skating rink. Right. 2,000 people inside, 7,500 people outside. I've Damn. never seen a helicopter. I've never seen a helicopter on Queens Boulevard before. <laughs> right. They had the helicopter land on Queens. The police helicopter, or state police helicopter, was on Queens Boulevard. That's, that's crazy. How, that's how out of control it was, and I just remember... My father was standing on the stage, so the guy that owned the place said, there's too many people on the stage, um, y'all got to get off the stage. So we put on the first record, and the guy turned around and pulled the plug on us. Mm. We was like, man, fuck, we out of here, man. You stupid, yo. You about we, to have a right on your hands. Yeah, we don't, psh, we out, man. We we ignorant, arrogant. We, psh, man, I'm out of here, man. We ain't playing. My father goes, hey, Eric, get back up there and put on the next fucking record. Where's Rakim at? This one father so says in front of 2,000 people. Right. So a guy comes up, yo, who this old man think he talking to? Yo, old man, who the fuck you think you talking to? The worst mistake he ever made. All Everybody from the Brooklyn mob grabs him, put a two-piece on him with no biscuit. His eyes are swollen <laughs> up. So he's like, yo, man, you talking to Eric's father like that? He said, yo, that's Eric's father. He apologized to my father. And my father goes, hold on, whoa, 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 hold on. Don't hit him again. The man just apologized like a mm, gentleman. Mm. Let him go, man. Matter of fact, you're going to come over here and hang with me. Wow. So I'll never forget. That's the kind of gentleman that's, that's my father character, is. That's character, dude. Yeah. So my father turns around. We get to, we go to his house. Everything worked off his house in Queens. So we go to my father's house, and he sits there. He says, he says, let me talk to y'all. He said, y'all got to be the stupidest niggas I ever met. Mm. Yo, what you talking about, Dad? We just got paid. He said, "Hold on, y'all, y'all made thirty five, forty thousand dollars to play a roller skating ring." 
He said, my neighbors don't, he said, my neighbors don't make that type of money. And he said, my year. neighbors get up in the morning. He said, before the sun come up and when the sun comes down, they, they, they come out, they come at home. Y'all made this money for an hour being on a fucking stage playing records. Doing something y'all love. He said, he said, he said, y'all act like y'all sell nickel bags in the park or something. Mm. He said, y'all gotta be the stupidest niggas I ever seen in my life. He said, matter of fact, he went upstairs and got his 38. He used to keep a 38 uh-huh. and came back with his way. He said, matter of fact, all oh, y'all stupid niggas get the yeah. fuck out of my house. <laughs> Fox will tell you that's, and, and you know, that's the kind of character. Right. My father, my father has, and he came up and told us, and it, and it, and a light bulb went off in my head. Man, this is a business, right? You know what I'm saying? We can't do this foolish shit, right? We got the Y'all Brooklyn ain't pre- prima donna. Oh no, no, we got the Brooklyn mob with us, right? I mean, we never we we didn't worry about nothing. And I said, man, this gotta be a this gotta be a business. And right. my father was right, man. And it was like, and also this, appreciation, of course, right? Without without a doubt, you gotta humble yourself. And understand this is this is really a business to feed your family. Right. You know what I'm saying? You said you do this. You're doing this to get out of out of the streets. But you turn around now and doing the silly ass shit. Right. And, and you know, that's what really was was a was a pivotal turn for Eric B. and Rock Kim that changed the way we looked at this business. And everything about this was let's get the money. Let's get the right. money. You mentioned it a couple of times, man. Before your career jumped off, man, were you in the streets? Yeah. Yeah, we were in the streets being ignorant. Right. Being doing ignorant stuff, man, that I'm not proud of. Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? Doing ignorant stuff that I'm not proud of. And I tell people, if you want to talk about you hustled, you do that, and I'm not who's proud of that? Right. Yeah. You, so you go home, hey mom, you know I was a hustler. Man, if you don't get out of here with that silly <laughs> ass shit. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? It was the dumbest shit in the world. Mm. Because we could have all been in jail. And you didn't ha- you didn't have to do it. No. Right. Uh-uh. No, I could have been a dentist. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and been the man. Right. But you know, you, you didn't wouldn't... you didn't you didn't have any needs. You didn't no. really like some cats, that's all they have. That's that's the of course. O- only of course. Alternative, and but... you can't knock people right. but knock people for that. But it's not the only alternative, right. man. We right. got so many different things that we could do, but pe- people get into this lazy mode and think that let me get this quick money okay let's let's do basic math you out there hustling doing petty hustling getting sneaker money the lawyer is going to cost you two hundred fifty thousand. so the money that you made is going back into the lawyers it's going back into the system right you know what i'm saying so the risk outweighs the reward and it's just the dumbest shit in the world unless you out there with pablo escobar getting some some real money that's a retirement money exactly it doesn't make any sense it doesn't add up man Yo, let's talk about the iconic album cover. Okay. Paid in full, man. Okay. I mean, that itself is a piece of art. Like, okay. You know, like you and Rakim and, and the Dapper Dan, the Gucci and everything, the green. Like, how how did y'all come up with that, man? I mean, you know, Dapper Dan was the man right. in Harlem. Right. Who didn't have a, if you don't have a Dapper Dan suit, you finish. You know what I'm saying? You you was finished. You was nutted, man. You was Mr. Nutmeg, <laughs> man. You don't have a Dapper Dan, man. Come on, you know, and everything. But I tell people, anything you did was for the chicks, right? You know, for the broads. You thought about, yo, man, what? I'm the cleanest. I got a dapper dance suit on. What? You know, Gucci though, that, that 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 album cover probably raised the stock of, of dapper course, dance. Of course, of course, it did. Because everybody wanted to look like y'all. Yeah, of course it did. I mean, people from London and Europe show up. Oh no, we need Eric B and Rakim suit. And it got to a point where Dan used to just make us clothes and be like, hey, now nah, I got this, man. Right. Because y'all, y'all made him enough Of money, course. Right. Dan was like, you know, we used to go to Dan. Yo, Dan, how much? No, nah, E, don't worry about that, man. I got that. And then I used to have the wheel cover on the back of my truck. Mm-hmm. And it said Eric B. Had the Gucci wheel. And I used to go to, uh, I was in Jersey. 
and Hackensack. Man, I owe some people a Hackensack ass whooping, man. What happened? They used to steal my window covers. (laughs) (laughs) Man, they used to steal them so much that Dan used to just say, yo, E, I got three in the back I made for you already. He said, E, I know what happened. And I used to go straight from Hackensack right to Dan's. Yo, I'm looking at you right now, and you're you're very sharply dressed. Okay, and I I'm looking at that, that album you. cover, sharply dressed. Was yeah. was this always? Yes. Like, where do you get that from? Well, like, my you, father, your father, and my uncles. My uncles, like I, I was talking about it the other day. My uncles were the country guys, like you know when they were talking about Frank Lucas, mm-hmm. Lucas and them, the country boys. My uncles and them were the country guys that came. They were they were sharp. They you know their their face was done, nails were done. They go get their nails done and sit in the nail salon, their feet done. So you were groomed. Come, from yes, that, from my that uncles were my uncles were sharp. They used right. to come and they were from Ruville, Mississippi. Mm. Oh, my uncles were sharp. They oh, they turn the neighborhood out when they come. Right. They when they come down there. All local girls go crazy with my uncles. And they were boxers. They played baseball, basketball. They played all the sports. And they were sharp. I'll never forget. I used to go to the store. So I'm in the store one day. I'm buying some stuff for my mother. Mother gave me money. So one of the girls see me. She said, uh, excuse me, uh, store owner. Yo, that, that right there, I got all of that. Don't. She said, Eric, when you see your uncle, tell him. Tell him I said to call me. Yes, ma'am, I will. You're right, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I will. And, and you know, and that's why I got like my uncles were sharp. Right. No, nah, they didn't play no games. They it's, were they it's, were cold. It's ill how you took their style, of course, and and translated it to, into that style back then. Like the, just and even the jewelry, man. Like, yeah. The jewel, like how important was the jewelry to you back then? It was just you know what it was just like putting on a tie or right, shirt. Right. You know back then. That's ill. Back then, it was that's just like putting on a tie or a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember going on the stage, and and Rich used to wear my jewelry, or somebody. They'd be, I'd be like, "Where's my jewelry?" And everybody else was wearing it, but me, because right. it was just like an accessory. Right. It wasn't like to me, you know, like I walk around with it all the time. It was just an accessory to get on the stage. Did Rakim have the same type of fashion sense? No, he was just. We all went together. Right. Like, like we'll find something we like. I'll go get Dan to make it. Make rock him the same like thing. We make out. it coordinate. And yes. Help, right. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Um, on that record, man, y'all talking about how y'all was rolling with Rush. Of course. Rush management. Yeah. How was it being part of Rush management early young Lior in the whole nine? I mean, it, it was, you know, when you think back at it, we were just all young fools. Right. We were just doing anything. We didn't have, I mean, Russell didn't have a vision. Yes. Rick Rubin didn't have a vision. I mean, we just was doing everything. Right. We said, yo, this is going to work. You know what I'm saying? Just. Just put it on the wall, see if it sticks. Right. And but it was a great thing. We had Heidi was a was a uh, Damn Heidi. Yeah. So we had so many different eclectic people. Um Lindsay Williams. Of course. I just talked to Lindsay. Yeah, That's I, I uh, Sylvia's Sylvia's grandson. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just talked to Lindsay. So, Sylvia's from Harlem. Yeah. Um but how was Leo, man? Like you did you have to deal with Leo a lot? Because Leo was the he he was the handler back then. Jam Master J is the one who brought Leo around. Right. And Leo was just a character. Right. Leo just I just remember so many times, like London. I remember we came in, uh, we played, we played the Red Parrot mm-hmm. on Fifty Seventh Street. Damn, the Red Parrot. Then we Parrot. went to breakfast. Right. We went to breakfast. Then we did, uh, we did BLS because it was a BLS show, Halloween show, in BLS. Right. So we went from the Red Parrot to breakfast to BLS. Then we we drove to uh, Kennedy Airport and we got on the uh, Concord. Oh. So we got on the Concord. Never forget, me and Rakim was so tired, and we was on there. I remember somebody said, "Hello, you have arrived." <laughs> Hello, you have arrived. We wake up, and me and Rakim like, "Oh man!" And we were tired, right. and we sat there. And Leo met us at the airport. He's talking and talking. Leo, man, shut up, man! Stop <laughs> talking so much, man. Eric, this is the greatest shit in the world. Was that your first time overseas? 
No. Okay. Uh-uh. Right. No. We had we played the. Uh, I think we were playing with LL. We were playing the Hammerstein Odeon in in in, uh, L, in, uh, in London. Right. And Leo just talking, talking. I remember he was in the limo just talking. Talk. We were like, Leo, man, can you just What shut was up? he saying, though? Just talk. I don't know. We right. were tired. Right, right, right. Eric, this is the greatest shit. You don't understand how big this is. Leo, man, can you stop talking? And we, I remember we got there, and we were tired, and we were sitting. We were asleep on the side of the stage. Right. And I was like, yo, Rod, don't you want to get on the stage tonight first? Yo, we were asleep, and they had to wake us up to get on the stage. And I just remember... As soon as we got on the stage, it was just lights, and they were blowing horns and this and that. And then you realize it was real. You right. wake up. Right. And I remember I see the pictures now. I had on a green uh, sweatsuit that Dan made for mm. me, and it said EB on it. Right. And standing on the stage in London. And every time I see that picture, I just laugh, you know, because I was asleep. Right. You right, know, right, we right. was out the whole time. And Leo with his bullshit, Eric, this is the greatest shit. <laughs> Did it bug you out, man, going overseas and seeing how big y'all were over there? Uh, you, you know what's so funny? We went to Helsinki, Finland, mm-hmm. and there was no black people there. Right. And they knew every, we sold out Helsinki, Finland, and they knew every word to every record. And I remember after, after that, we went to the club. So we walked down the block and knocked on the door. The guy said, oh, he's seen us. He was, oh, hell no. Closed the door back. He said, really? no, no, we're closed. We're closed. So then the guy that was with us came up to the door. He said, oh, you with him? Come on in. And I remember we, there was two black people in there. It was a black girl and it was a black guy that played basketball. He was from uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me. He said, Eric, man, I ain't seen black people in six months, man. Can I just talk to you <laughs> about the drinks? And we was talking. I asked him, I said, well, how do you get along here? You know, because they, they're prejudiced. Right. He said, Eric, but I play basketball. Right. He said, he said the police pulled him over one time and was like, oh, no, no, that's basketball. But not keep it moving. Keep it moving. And then to their sports. Right. So that's the only thing, you know, music and sports, you know, it's colorless today. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, being in Helsinki, Finland and places like that, you really get to see. And they appreciated the music. It wasn't like here, you know, we get it. It's fast food. We, you know, regurgitate. It's, it's, it's over. Right, right. But, you know, being in places like Helsinki, Finland, London, and these, they really, really appreciate the music. Ireland. Yeah, that's crazy. Japan. Yeah. And, but you got to remember. This was back in 1986, 87. It wasn't the internet. Yeah, it's 30 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So we we were back then and couldn't believe it. Right. Was no black people at the shows at all. None. We go to Paris. We played Paris. No black women. No black people at the shows at all. That's crazy. Um, Did it seem like your career went from zero to 60 like that? Yes. Yeah. Like you, it it wasn't a struggle. No. It wasn't a struggle for y'all to get on. We did it. We did it because it felt good. Right. We did it because we felt, and I, and I never forget. And and I, and I, and I, I remember even like people that pushed us to the next level, like you know your foxes, mm-hmm. you know my cousin Fed, my brother Anthony, my brother John, and people that pushed us to the next level. I never forget. Nas was in the studio working. He was a young kid, mm-hmm. just like Rakim, young, you know, young, thirsty, and he was spitting fire. And I never forget, and, and he, he will not take credit to it today, and I always remind him. I remember he was in the studio. We were going to work with him. And then Rakim called me one day and was like, yo, E, man, we got to get back to our day job. Right. You know what I'm saying? Forget all them kids in the studio. We got to get back to our day job. And you know what I'm saying? These guys were really, you know, right on our heels. Right. You know, the Nazis, and these guys are coming up. Right. So we had to kind of separate ourselves and go into the next level. And I remember Rakim calling me and saying, E, man, you know, it's time for us to go to the next level. 
And, and that's what we did. And I always say, I'd say to Nas, he's the reason that took us into, and, and it's no disrespect to EPMD. We, Eric B and Rakim could have been just the EPMD. Right. But Nas pushed us to the next, and there's nothing wrong with EPMD. I love their records. But we we wouldn't have had that legendary status if it wasn't for the younger guys like Nas and and, and different people right. like that. Special Ed. I right. remember Special Ed at the time was strong. And we had to separate ourselves, you know, from those guys. Talk about that generation, though, where everybody's a legend. Everybody on stage is a legend. Yes. It's y'all. It's, it's, it's Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. It's Public Enemy. It's LL Cool J. I mean that 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 school that 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 year. Like if if you want to call it like a graduation, yes. like a like talk about being amongst the peer, like your peer group of legends, man. Yeah, but you know LL was an old elder statesman, right? Yes, you know then right. he wasn't in our, in our class. You right. know then he was an elder statesman he because already... he came on him and Houdini, right? And it's just like I remember, you know, Houdini was the was the reason that really when we was on the road, you know, we were playing. You know, Helsinki, Finland, London, and all these guys were showing up. But we played and we opened up for Houdini. We came out. We seen women, women with their nails done and hair done. We was like, yo, what is this? And, and I, Houdini. Yeah, Houdini was the reason, you know, when the girls came out, they came to see Houdini. Yes. And I'll never forget. They were like, yo, this is my little brother, Eric, and this and that. And this. I was like, man, these girls, what y'all got on? What's going on? <laughs> y'all, y'all got your Sunday church suit? <laughs> And I just remember Houdini had all the women. Yes. Houdini and LL had all the women came out to see him. And mm. it was something, you know, it was a shock for me and Rock him. You know, usually the guys come out, everybody, you know, got hip hop gear right, right, on. Right. But when they came to see Houdini, the they ladies came, they came, came they out. They came ready. Oh, yeah. They wanted that one love. Yeah. One love. Oh, no. Houdini was a monster on the road. Yeah. How was your relationship with Russell, man? Russell Simmons. I love Russell. Right. Russell's a funny guy. I remember, you know, going to London and hanging out. Where Russell, he was seeing uh, Marita at the time. Marita. Yeah. And so. I remember Marita. Yeah. So we were out there in London. And I remember we stayed probably in London. We stayed up for like two days. We right. went from club to club to club to back door to this club, this fashion show and this and that. And we stayed up for like two days just hanging out. Me, Russell, and Marita. That's crazy, man. Um, you guys were tight with Public Enemy. Yes. Very tight with Public Enemy. And. um it's reported that you guys felt that Public Enemy, what they were doing for Def Jam, they weren't being appropriately compensated. Yeah. And you went to bat for them. Of course. And, and the Beastie Boys, too. The Beastie Boys. Yeah. Like, what What did you do? Like, you got them money from Def Jam. No, I, you know, I, it was, I remember Chuck D we used to always tell Russell, and, and Russell and them used to be mad. Because they was, I, they, because Russell they, stayed cheap. Yeah, because they were saying all the time. Chuck used to say, "Y'all wouldn't do that to Eric B. Y'all may pay pay me like you're gonna pay Eric B." Right. Oh, they used to be on fire because you know I remember like I told you earlier about my father putting us in a business you know business mode. Right. And and you know and that's what we did. So everybody based their thing around. Oh, we got to get paid like Eric B. Uh, so you know everybody was hot with me. I'm the worst person in the world. So how did you how did you convince Def Jam? No, that's, I mean, Chuck D said it. Oh, said so it about, yeah, that's Chuck that's D. Chuck D would go in there himself. Chuck D, you know, he was on fire with great records. They were making these great groundbreaking <laughs> records. You know the, what I'm saying? The most important records. Yes, of course he was. And I, and I, I commend Chuck because I always said that, you know, Eric B and Rakim took people on a, on a fantasy journey, you know, the Rolls Royce, the jewelry and this and that, and public enemy stood to the cause. Mm-hmm fight the power you know our people our people pushing the civil rights of course of course course they did and chuck d you know is so important you know to rap music what other groups back then inspired you 
Everybody. Right. Everybody. You know, you know, learning, you know, just going from city to city and state to state is so many different people that you learn from, you know, learn recording techniques, you know, even guys on the R and B side like Albie Shaw and Teddy Riley, I learned so many different techniques from them and sounds and, and how to stack vocals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's it's just, you know, you take something from everybody. You worked with Albie? Yes. Did did you get him signed? Yes. No, I didn't get him signed. I got got Albie some money. Right. I never forget uh, Burt Padel. Uh, like Burt Padel had an office, and if you ever been to Burt Padel, I used to office, work there because you used to, you you used to work your your office was down the hall, and I used to work with Louise West. Okay. So we was on the same like we was like we literally you Louise walked, is in good the, people. Yeah, she she trained me, man. Yeah, Louise is good people. Right. So so I used to talk to Burt, and me and Burt, I hated talking in Burt's office. So we used to go, we used to Why? do walks because everybody was nosy. Yes. Everybody knew everybody's business. Right. Luther yeah. Vandross getting ready to get a $12 million house. Everybody Every, in office. Everybody knew. office knew. You know what I'm saying? It was so, I used to say, Bert, come on, man, we're going to get some exercise. And we used to walk around the block. Right. Never forget, we're walking around the block and Bert Bedell says, uh, uh, Eric, you know, uh, Al B is, you know, a million dollars in the hole. Um, I can get him 250000 now. I was like, man, are you crazy? Got 13 number one hits. He wrote this, 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 and that. What are you talking? I don't care about $900,000. And I don't want to hear that, Bert. I said, yo, I'm going to go out there and get him a million, million. Bert said, Eric, I can't ask my friends. These guys are my friends. I can't ask them for that kind of money. So I, I went, got on the plane and went out there. I met Mo Austin, Lenny mm-hmm. Wanaka, and I'll never forget. I told Mo Austin. He, he was like, oh, Eric, what you think about Warner? I was like, Mo, let me be honest with you. I said, your commitment to your employees and to your and and to your uh, employees and to your uh, your guys here that you have signed is embarrassing to the bottom line of this company. Mm. Mo said, Eric, what did you just say to me? And I just told him again. I said, it's embarrassing. I said, because the things that y'all are doing here it kills the bottom line of, of Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers actually had a better machine than Universal at right, the time. Right. Warner Brothers was just, you got to remember when everybody, Tupac and, mm-hmm. and Death Row and mm-hmm. everybody was there on a Warner system, they had one of the greatest distribution you know, hubs in the world. And I, I remember going to bat for Albie and got him a million and a half dollars an album and a million dollar signing bonus and, and all of that stuff. And, and Bert come back looking, Eric, I don't know what you told him. I said, it's basic math. But I said, what made you be an advocate for these people, man? Like My but, father right. pushing me to do business mm. instead of doing some, you know, it was easy. We had the Brooklyn mob. We could have went in the office and take the guns out and do some stupid shit and mm-hmm. wind up in jail. Mm-hmm. But it was business. We, you know, I can sit down, you know, two and two is four, not 22. It's basic math. Right. You know what I'm saying? And sitting there and having an understanding, you know, I remember being on, on the, on the, um, on the road and you had guys that were working in the office. These guys are making three and $4 million a year, but these guys go home every day. Right. Me and rock Kim's making four or $5 million a, a year, but we are on the road. On the road. So I just said, man, you know, I got and I got I got so much of a great understanding being on the road doing business. I know better than these guys. You know what I'm saying? I could run rings around these guys. So that that's what made me really, you know, get out of, you know, being you know, the tough guy mode and understanding the business. Right. right. Um, do you know how many copies to date that uh, paid in full soul? No, no. There's no way to count. They were pirating and backdooring and. Changing the changing the uh, code UPC code, they, right. they, man, it was a mess. Universal never fully compensated. Yeah. A mess, right? A, a classic mess. That's crazy, man. So you guys were the first rap group to get a million dollars for yes. an album. The yeah. first, yeah. 
Either Never first- forget. It, uh, we were in um club downtown, and I remember seeing um a Mike. He worked for Universal. Mm-hmm. MCA worked for Timmy Regisford. Right. So Mike Mike comes up to me in the club. It was uh, Prince was having a party. Uh, what's that heavy set girl that Prince had? She was a singer. I remember, I, beautiful girl. Yeah, I, I beautiful. She had a single out, right. and Prince was having a party for her. So we were downtown at the club. So Mike comes up to me. Mike was like, yo, E, what's happening? I said, we're getting ready to sign back with Island. We're going to get 400000 We're going to sign back. He said, Eric, what do you mean you're going to sign back with? You don't have no deal? I said, no, we just had a one record deal. Mm-hmm. He called Timmy Regisford up. Mm-hmm. Now, this is 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So he called Timmy up. Yo, Timmy, man, yo, get up. Eric being Rakim only they they looking for another deal. They got out their deal. And Timmy gets on the phone. Eric, yo, are you serious? So I said, I said, yeah. I said, we're going supposed to sign tomorrow. So Mike Haley comes back and I see uh so I see Russell. I said, Russell, man, Mike Haley wanna take us. Russell goes, see Eric, see what I'm saying? Eric, yo, see what I'm saying? Run DMC ain't get four hundred thousand dollars. You about to blow everything. I said, Russell, we're not run DMC right. with Eric being right. Rakim. Right, right. See, Eric, you act like you know everything. If, if Russell thought for a second that he could punch me in the face and get away with it, he would have did it. He was on fire. Yo, why did Def Jam never sign y'all? Because um, Def Jam, we were already signed. Right. And they, that was just the management arm see, that uh, we dealt right, with. Right, right, right. You're also the first to get one or two million dollars for your publisher. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. And y'all are the first rap figures to have a Rolls Royce. Yep. That was my first car ever. I never had a hoopty. From, from, from the from the from the mu- from the wait, no, wait, wait, no, no. Stop. From the, stop. From the music? First, let's be clear. Okay. First means what? Your first. first. Right. Not since I got into music right. and I had a hoopty. No, my first car I ever had was a Rolls Royce. My second car I ever had was a Rolls Royce. And, and my third car was a Jaguar. So you was doing it like that? Yeah, because you know what it was? I understood the finer things in life. Right. And I remember Rick James, Rick James had the Rolls Royce, and Rick James used to always just, Rick James was off the hook. And Rick James is like, y- y'all are the cheapest niggas in the world. Y'all act like you see a white man get something, you happy for him. When a nigga gets something, y'all y'all act like it's a problem. That's, that's crazy. What, that's crazy. That's what Rick James used to tell us all the time. I, I don't understand. You're supposed to have the finer things in life. What's wrong with you? That's crazy. Yo, let's go into the second album. Okay. Follow the leader. All right. Um, the tone changed, man. Yes, drastically. The, the tone, times changed. The, the, y'all were dark. Yes, we were in a dark place. Times changed. The production know? was dark, and Rakim yeah. was so menacing, man. And times changed. Right. And that's what I'm saying. When you, you got these guys like Nas and Special Ed on your heels, you change. Mm. Things change. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like being a boxer. You know, Mike Tyson went in from just knocking people out to be one of, one of the ominous boxers in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was the same thing. People are on you, on your back to do this and that, and you have to turn it up a notch. Right. So that's exactly what we did. Did y'all have a discussion before y'all went and made some, that record? Some things you, some things go that is, uh, some things you can go without saying, right. you can look at each other. Me and rock Kim, if you go back to the history and look at the tapes, we go in, and it was a show that was just on called the Goldbergs. It's mm-hmm. on Channel Seven. Right. Yes. They it made me laugh because they came on. They were like, "Look, we like Eric being rocking. We don't need to. We don't <laughs> need to rehearse. We don't need to practice." And, and that's we really didn't. Right. Because we just had that chemistry. Right. That he said something, I did something, and we rolled it, right. and and it worked. The artwork again. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Y'all are sitting on the rolls yeah. with your back. No, that was the worst. That your... was the worst thing we could ever do. Why? Because you turn your back to people. And no, you give, but you're giving people your ass to kiss. That's what that's the way I felt. Right. I you, think it was one of the worst covers. That really? Did. Yes. Yeah. But I'm telling you, as a consumer, 
That shit was so fly. Yeah, it's just like Bobby Brown when Bobby Brown did that record. And with, with his he back. had his back right, to people. Right, right. People were like, yo, what the hell is this? He trying to tell kiss his ass. So we felt like, man, I think we made a mistake. Right. Even though, even though you know, what I'm saying the vision and what we were doing, people understood it. But right. I think it was one of the biggest mistakes. Wow, that we made. wow. It's to me, man. It looks like a piece of art. Man. Yeah, piece of art. Eric B and Rakim rarely collaborated. With no, other, with because other because at the end of the day, we were in an era where you bought Eric B and Rakim. You didn't buy, you didn't buy, you know, Dougie Fresh, Eric B and Rakim. This, this, and that. Right. That's what made us iconic. That's what made us legendary. Because we, it was an in-house thing, and we stayed with Rock. Kim was the rapper, I'm the DJ, and that's it. Right. You know what I'm saying? There was plenty of collaborations that we could have done. Right. Like what? With everybody. With everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when you, we wanted you to buy Eric B and Rock Kim album. Right. And and this is you knowing the business again. Yes. Um. And we used to tell everybody, yeah, we're gonna do a record with you. Uh, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> um. But did y'all get invited to do uh uh stop self the self destruction yes. project? Yeah. And y'all turn that down? Of course. Of course. Of course. That's crazy, man. Because we didn't fit in. That it was like this person. Nah. We didn't we didn't fit right, in. Right. We didn't we didn't fit in. Right. Um, your third album, mm-hmm. Let the Rhythm Hit Him. Yes. Is the first album to get five mics yeah. in the source. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. This is the no. first first album to get the full five mics okay. in the source. When y'all got that, what, never paid it attention. Never paid it any attention. No. Mm-hmm. Never paid it any attention. Because you know what? We didn't get into, you got to remember, we didn't get into being stars right. and this and that. We look at it. Oh, y'all got five mics. And the people in the record company, we were excited about right. it. We weren't excited about yeah. it. We were like, you know, listen, are we going to get some more money for this? Right. What's like, next? What's next? Right. Yeah, because I remember, I remember uh, uh, MC Hammer was my friend. I remember Hammer had a record, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. Mm-hmm. He sold, he sold two million records in New York City alone. Not in the state of New York. In New York City alone, he sold two million records. And I remember all the guys from London came in to do interviews. Oh, Hammer's whacked and this and that. We were like, shit, we hope we get whacked like that <laughs> yeah, one day. Yeah, exactly. Are you stupid? Exactly. Um, In the ghetto. Yeah. That record, man. That's a transcendental record. Yes. Man. Like, how did y'all come up with that? We were in the ghetto every day. Right. We were in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. We were in Long Island. But there was a was mystic element, like a mystical element to that record, man. See, that's what you say. We just did it just because right. it felt right. Right. You know what I'm saying? For me to sit here and say, oh, this was the plan, and we set out to do this, this, and that. We set out to make a great record. Right. It felt good. You know what I'm saying? To do a great record. Now, y'all had a large, a young Large Professor work on that album, correct? Large Professor was around in the studio. It was right. Large Professor. It was a bunch of guys that came around, and, and they're actually the guys that caused division between me and Rakim. Really? And yeah. They were guys that really caused division and couldn't stay in their lane. I remember I was going to knock Large Professor's head off one day in the Apollo. What happened? Because they just didn't stay in their lane. They were telling Rakim like little sneaky shit. Oh, yo, Ra, you need to put more drums. And Eric did this. I remember I did a record. I, I did a record um, in the studio, and they went back behind my back and told Rakim, yo, yo, Ra, yo, that record, man, is soft. You shouldn't do it. The record turned out that uh, Jazzy Jeff and French Prince, it turned out to be Summertime. Mm. That was your record? Yeah. That was your record? Yeah. Is and it- an engineer went up there and played it for them. That's the record I did. And they start telling them, yo, you shouldn't do that record. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I was is like, that why Fresh Prince sounds like Rakim? Yes, exactly. Because he knew that record was... Exactly. For- That's crazy, man. Exactly. You know, another question, man, before we go to our break. Um, during that era... Yeah. Um, 
the rap battle that we all wanted to see. Okay. Was Rakim versus Big Daddy Kane. It wasn't I mean, you know, we used to tell people it was going to happen, but we were all family and people right. didn't know that. Right. Like, Kane had a, a big house in Jamaica Estates. Mm-hmm. I was the one who went in the house and signed the paperwork, signed the papers and bought the furniture right. in the house for him. But people didn't know that. They thought that we had an issue. And I hung out at Kane's house every other day. My father and Kane's father hung out. But people on the outside didn't know that. Was there a record called Break the Raft? No, yeah. hell no. No, that's, 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 bullshit. A, so that's bullshit, right? Yeah, that's some bullshit. That's bullshit. Don't Sweat the Technique was the last album. Yes. Um, I had a problem with the video because okay. the video only had white girls in it. No, it didn't. They were Spanish, man. So you they, they, they were exotic. You wasn't the, used to, you want to fight the power. You know what I'm saying? You I did want to fight the power. If you look, I had a suit jacket <laughs> on and a hat. So you, you want to fight the power. Right. You, you want to, you want to quisha from the projects. <laughs> you wasn't, you wasn't yet. You wasn't ready for exotic women. Right. Look, if you go back to it, it's not white girls in there. All of them were from, from, uh, uh, Uruguay and, and Spain and this, see, you, you wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to it, man. <laughs> After that record, that's when y'all broke up. Yeah. Why? Because, it, you know, at that time, you know, egos get in, get into play. And then I wanted to do other things. Right. You know, I wanted to get into boxing and and other business stuff that right. I wanted to get into. Right. Let's go into a break. In, uh, right, Internet, Internet, you tuned into the Combat Jack show. We got this iconic interview here. Yes. With Mr. Eric B. Let's Stay tuned. F your radio, F your podcast, and F your TV show. Okay. Hey, yo, Internets, let's take a pause from the Combat Jack show to tell you about Viceland, a new TV channel from Vice Media that just debuted. Have you checked out any of the new programs yet? Well, how about Weedikit, which is the new weed culture sweeping the culture? Did you watch it on 420? You, I hope you did. Niggas light up. Did you check out Noisy, the one hosted by Zach Goldbaum? that explores the artists and communities in the most compelling and sometimes controversial music scenes? Yo, Internets, you know the one that I fuck with is Fuck! That's Delicious, hosted by the one and only Action Bronson, the artist that we premiered first on the Combat Jack Show. The show co-stars another good friend of the Combat Jack Show, Mayhem Loren, as well as Big Body Best, who had a great, great episode with my fellow podcast, The Tax Stone on Tax Season. Also, Alchemist, you know, Alchemist of Mob Deep fame. They're that Alchemist. All of this contained on Fuck! That's Delicious. The show features Action Bronson, Best Mayhem, and Alchemist checking out delicious food stops in Miami, Atlanta, any Martin Luther King Avenue near you. And they're puffing on the trees, my niggas. What other show do you have? Niggas, run, niggas and white boys running around the country puffing weed and smoking smoking weed. And the Ducey is in me right now. I can't say Ducey on this ad, right? Keep going. Fuck it. I'm going to say Ducey. But listen, smoking weed and eating, that's the best shit in life. The only thing that's not in this show is sex. But we don't want to see Action Bronson having sex. Nor Mayhem Loren. <laughs> nor Big Body Best. Nor alchemist. Anyway, listen. Let me let me cut the shit right now. Um, where the fuck am I? Be on the lookout for the new Viceland TV show. Fuck, that's delicious. It's on pretty much any cable station that you want it to be on. And now back to the show. Hey, yo, internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com, man. Before we jump into this interview, man, I'm thirsty and I'm parched and I'm a little tired, man. So let me just crack open this monster can and get some of these, you know. So let me get some of this caffeine in my system, man. I, I want to give a shout out to my people over at Monster, man. Thanks for hooking us up. Back to Mr. Eric B. Yep. Wyclef. Yes. Was in the in in the in, in the um 
in the vi- in the video we were just talking about. Yes. Yeah, he was playing it in your in your favorite video where you right. can see Sequitra in it. <laughs> how how was how a young white clef in that video, man? He was playing the uh, bass, the upright bass when right. it comes on. Doom, 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 doom. That's white clef. That's crazy. He was yeah. playing the bass. This is yes. before. This is before the Fugees. Right. Uh huh. Um, you always say that you don't have a beef with Rakim. Of course not. But Rakim is quoted as saying, "I don't wish him no bad luck." But I guess with Eric B, what we went through, I'm a loyal dude. And you know certain things, especially when you're breaking bread with people, you got to keep it 100% with that people. Okay. And there was a couple of things in business that I felt that he, that he didn't handle right that left a bitter taste in my mouth. What, well, you could it? say that. Right. You could say that. But the truth is, the truth is Burt Padel handled all the business. Right. And from dollar one, from dollar one, I paid for everything. But from show one, we split all the money. Right. Publishing, records, everything, we split all the money. So... If I didn't take no money from you, I didn't sleep with your wife or a girl you slept with, right. we don't have a beef. And right. we're all Muslims. We should never have a beef. I haven't been around Rakim in 19 years. Wow. So if 19 you want to continue, yeah, you can't. So what beef do we have? Right. If you, I didn't take any money from you, didn't sleep with your woman, uh, stuff like that, what beef do we have? And we're Muslims. We're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? You can't go in a mosque and say, I've been mad at my brother for 19 years over what? You know what I'm saying? You can't make this stuff up. Right. I've given Rakim the greatest gift in the world. I came and got him. I didn't I didn't I didn't fish for him. I showed him how to fish. Right. I left him with one of the greatest catalogs in the world. For nineteen and a half years, Rakim has been working the Eric B and Rakim catalog by himself. Mm. The catalog is worth in the a street value of at least four to five million dollars a mm. year. Mm. I gave I gave you a gift. Right. So what what are you mad about? You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad. I'm, I'm ecstatic and happy that we met. We made a, a great project. You know what I'm saying? We got great kids. I'm a grandfather. So what do you want? Us to, to start boxing in the middle of the street and it's say, oh, my, beef, gra- right. my grandfather was fighting. Right. Come on, we're grown men. <laughs> yeah. We right. have to grow up at some time. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear that silly shit. You know, at the end of the day, oh, I did, Eric did what? Eric did what? All you have to do is ask him, say, well, let's cl- be clear. What did Eric do? Let's be specific. Right? Yeah. We're 18 years. We're 18 years. We haven't done any business and you're still keeping negative that's, stuff. That's going. crazy. That's crazy. And, and I've never heard him say that, you know, myself. Right. But I'm saying to you, we're, we're Muslims and brothers. We got to stick together and stop with this idiotic, you know, people trying to divide people. Like I told you before, a large professor and these guys were trying to divide us. And you can't let people get into your ear. You know what I'm saying? People were in my ear. Yo, E, you know, Roz this, Roz that. I didn't want to hear that that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? At, at this, you know, at, at this this part of my life, man, I'm at peace. Right. I'm I'm at peace. You know, if I die today and tomorrow, I'm at peace. Wow. And I tell people that. Who else can say that? Who else can say that? I've never did nothing to rock him. Never took a dime from him. I took him from the basement of a wine dance Long Island and made him a super universal star. So I'm the bad guy now. Come on, man. Enough is enough with the games. Mm. We're grown men and we're Muslims. We should never be at odds right. for no reason. If that's the case, he should have sat down with me. E, let's have a conversation. It's 18 and a half years ago. I gave you the catalog. I didn't stop you from using the Eric B and Rakim catalog. I could have stopped you and said, yo, you can't work. You can't use this records on the road and this and that. But for what reason? Right. You know what I'm saying? I decided to do, oh, man, I've had a great run and a great life. You know what I'm saying? I'm not negative. I don't keep that negative energy in me. If that's what he wants to do, I've never heard him say it. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is what other people have said and quoted. But at the end of the day, I'm here to say, I don't got no problem mm-hmm. with him. You know what I'm saying? I gave you the catalog. What else What else could somebody else do for you? 
You know what I'm saying? What kind of beef you got? Right. You know what I'm saying? We went from splitting the money 50-50. I, didn't, I took something from you. You know what I'm saying? So all this back and forth and he said and she said, you know, I don't get into that silly shit, man. Right. I'm a grown man with a grandson. My beautiful grandson. Congratulations. What the hell? I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'm like, what? I'm sitting here listening to silly shit on the radio and, oh, Eric didn't do these records and Rakim did this. All this old silly shit and Stevie Blass wrote Rakim's rhymes. I'm like, yo, man, this is the stupidest you know, shit wild in the world. And you know what I'm saying? And at the at the end of the day, we should all be at peace. Right. It's, it's 30 years later. It is, right. It's 30 years later. And he has grandchildren, too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we should be laughing and joking, man, not keeping this, you know, the animosity going. How do you do that? You know what I'm saying? How do you keep silly shit going after 18 18 and a half years? You know what I'm saying? If you got an issue with me, yo, E, I need to talk to you. Yo, let's talk about it like grown men and Mm -hmm. move on. Mm -hmm. Get get whatever's on your chest, let's get it off and move on. You don't keep nothing going for almost 19 years. I've given you the catalog and say, hey, Rod, do what you got to do. I've never, you've never seen me in an article knocking him mm-hmm. or, or saying, oh, Rod didn't do this or Rod didn't do that because I understand what it does to the legacy. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I get in here, which is so important, if I, man. if I get in here, oh, Rakim didn't do this, Rakim, and he comes back at me and we're going back and forth, it kills the legacy. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, and again, irreparable diamond. Yeah. And again, I don't want to knock, you know, my brother's EPMD, but then it makes us Eric being Rakim EPMD right. instead of having a legendary right. story. And again, I love EPMD. Right. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, but that I, breakup, I love their that records. breakup killed. The, yeah. I mean, not. No, I mean, no, it, it didn't kill. It, but it, it killed where they were going. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It killed yes. the trajectory exactly. of where they were going, man. Exactly. Yeah. And I and I love EPMD, but I'm saying Eric being Rakim could have been in that same niche market right. if I come on, oh, Rakim's a piece of shit. He did this. He right. did that. And all this old silly ass shit that don't make no money. Mm-hmm. How does this make money? Not How does this make us in any kind of light for me to sit here and knock him? How does, oh, Eric's the man. He got on there on a the Combat Jack show and he knocked Rakim. Come on, that's some ignorant ass right. shit. right. I mean, we got to be grown. When do we grow up? You know what I'm saying? I'm here. Yo, if we got an issue or a problem, yo, my number hasn't changed. Mm. I got the same phone number. If I was scared, I'd get me a from, dog. From 18 years ago? Yes. I got the same. Ask five. He'd say he had the same phone. If I was scared, I'd get me a dog. Right. And um, Chuck has a saying. Uh, my cousin Chuck with his silly ass. He says, leave me a message. And if I don't call you back, let that be a message to you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so that's my philosophy. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, man. We got we to gotta move on. It's so many important things. And we have a mission now. You know what I'm saying? It's so many important things that we have to do. You put together Cool, cool G-Rap and Polo. Yes. That's my little brother, G-Rap. How? Where'd you discover them, man? Well, G-Rap was, you know, G-Rap was a family member. Okay. My mother, I mean, G-Rap's one of those guys. He's so much family that he can come in the house with dirty hands and stick his hands in the refrigerator. And my mother be like, oh, that's just G. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's how much family he is to us. And Polo was from around the way. Polo was my man, too. So G-Rap used to always make these records. He was in a group. Him and my brother Ant were in a group. And they used to always tell me, oh, Eric being Rakim ain't going to be shit. We going to be this and we going to be that. And G-Rap decided to go solo. So P- Polo was a DJ along with me. And I put Polo and G-Rap together. Crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy. Now, who was the paid for posse, man? Man, there was so many so many people that, that are not here now. Right. I mean, even including, you know, from Supreme, his brother Rap, uh, Kamel, uh, Fox, uh, my brother's aunt, John, Rich. Uh, man, uh, Jake, 
it's so many people, man. Killer Ben. Yes. Uh, the original, uh, fi- original, original 50, 50 Cent. cent right. Original 50 Cent, that jackass. 50's a, oh, my God, man. 50 was my man. But he was just so, he did so much stupid shit that we used to laugh all the time. I mean. I heard and, he and was we, like 5'2 and quick with his guns. If he was that tall. Right. And we used to just laugh. The silly shit. we get in the car. He had a Volkswagen Rabbit. Mm. And we'd get in there and just be <laughs> laughing because of the shit he used to do. How did you hook up with such a notorious crew, my dude? Just being a world traveler right. and going out there, you know, Supreme was my man. Rap is my man. Right. Supreme's brother. Like a lot of people, if you look on the paid and full cover, people think that's Supreme, but that's really rap. That's crazy. His man. older brother rap. That's crazy, man. But I'm saying, man, here you are, this middle class cat. Yeah. Um, you, you had some time in the streets. But your your crew was notorious. Yeah. But you know, it's, I guess it's it comes from being around my father and my uncle and right. these guys were really, you know, dangerous guys in the street. My father, my uncles, you'll see them nicest guys in the world. Right. But they were dangerous. Fox will tell you, my father come out in a minute, he'd get his rusty thirty eight. Thirty eight. Tell me, y'all want some action? Right. Dad, go ahead in the house, man, with that old rusty gun. He said, see, them automatics y'all got, they're going to jam <laughs> on you. I'm going to put two in your ass. Yo, I remember when Freddie, the first time Freddie was on the show, uh-huh. Freddie said, yo, my reputation precedes me. Uh-huh. But I was not the livest one in the crew. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Did you were you ever concerned though that your affiliation with the paid and full posse would derail your career? Definitely not, because right. I, I was always in I was always in control. We right. were all we were family, and they all respected me. I respected them, and if I said this is not going to happen, it's not going to happen. So it wasn't like they were just wild and wild banshees, and they're shooting in the basement and this and that. And I got to pick up the pieces. We were family, right? And you know what I'm saying. And I said, look, man. Y'all can't do that. And it wasn't it wasn't no, yo, E, we're gonna do what we wanna do. No. This is gonna this is gonna hurt what we're doing. So they were like, yo, E, let's leave it alone. I'll never forget we were playing Nassau Coliseum. We headlined Nassau Coliseum. Public enemy opened for us in Nassau Coliseum. Wow. And they were shooting in, in uh Nassau Coliseum and they came to me, the whole team came to me, yo, E, man, enough is enough, man. These Long Island niggas are shooting. Yo, we sick of this, man. We're going to turn the whole... What? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No way. Look, we're going to get this money and we gone. We got it, right? Yo, dog, we're not going to turn... I said, because we'll all wind up in jail out here. Right. I said, I said, Nassau County Police ain't playing with us. I said, we're going to jail. As soon as we start shooting, we're going to jail. Right. If not today, tomorrow we'll be in the can. Nassau County going to take, take us all out. They were like, yo, E, you right, man, and we... Did the show, bounced out of there, and it was like, yo, E, you're right. That's crazy. Now, what was your role in, in the posse? Just keeping everybody together. Okay. Keeping the whole team together, whether it was the guys on Rakim's side, like Kamel and these guys, they came up with Rakim, but they're still my friends to today. Like, you can call Kamel. I can call Kamel and tell him, yo, man, I got a beef. Yo, E, I'm on my way. You know what I'm saying? Fox, all of them came up with Rakim. Yo, Fox, I got a problem. They said, nah, E, we got a problem. We right. on our way. Right. So, you know, my thing was, like, keeping everybody together as a family. Mm. Once again, that speaks a lot <coughs> to your Excuse character, me. man. Yeah. That these cats respected you like that. Yeah, and it's just, like I said, got it from my uncles and, and my father. These guys were dangerous guys, but the nicest guys in the world. Never forget, uh, me and Rakim, went, uh, me and uh, Supreme went to the Mike Tyson fight in Atlantic City. So this guy came and knocked Supreme down and hit him, hit him mm. hard, right. bumped into him. We turned around, it was John Gotti. So John Gotti turns around and says to Supreme, man, I apologize, man. These these reporter fucks, man, took a picture I couldn't see. 
this and that. So we standing there looking as John Gotti, right. he shake my hand. He said, man, I apologize and this and that. So then some other guy comes up is Sammy the Bull. Mm. He says, hey, 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 my friend John is kind of clumsy, man. Can I buy you guys a drink and wow. this and that? We sitting there looking like, yo, this is John Gotti and Sammy the Bull. Yeah, how fucking surreal is that? So we turn around. Never forget, we all turned around. Somebody said something. We all turned around together and took a picture. It was on a on a pay, on in the front page of the, uh, the Atlantic City Press. Right. It was the funniest thing in the world. But it just goes to show you, you know, John Gotti and Sammy the Bull ain't playing no game. No, no. But we were dangerous too because right. we we didn't care. We don't care about no John Gotti and Sammy. Uh, man, the Bull. that could have that could have turned. We want some. We oh. want some action. Right. We want some action. Right. But just the way he did it, like a gentleman. You know, say, oh man, I apologize. Right. Man, come on, let me buy you guys a drink. And you know, and you have to pick up that kind of mentality from these guys. If you want to be like these guys are bigger than them, you got to pick up that mentality. Right. It's not about let me take my my power and use that same power that you got can blow up in your face. That same exact power that you got will blow up in your face. Right. So you know, I, I'll never forget that. Hey, you got John Gotti going talking about yo, I apologize. Sammy the Bull talking about yo, my friend John is clumsy. Let me buy you a drink. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta. These guys that you watch that were larger than life, if you want to be like them, you really got to understand their mentality. These guys didn't walk around, yo, let me kill this person, that person, that person. You know what I'm saying? They did whatever they did because that's what they had to do at right. the time. But they weren't out in the public, you know, pulling stunts like that. They were perfect gentlemen. You've seen John, Dapper, you know, he was, he was dressed suit and tie every day. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, people forget that part of the movie. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So if you want to be like them guys, you, you know, you have to take the same mentality. Right. Were you a dangerous guy? No. No, I'm the nicest guy in the world. I don't want no problems. I don't want no action. At all? No, I don't want no action. But you know your reputation. Like, don't yeah. fuck with Eric B. Yeah, but you know what it is? You know what it is? When you, when you ha like I told you, when you have that power, mm -hmm. you can't use it because right. it will blow up in your face. Right. I, like, I'm a guy. I'm, I'll tell people in a minute. I, I went through the... Uh, the, the tunnel in George Washington Bridge and a guy in an 18-wheeler pulls up, little Spanish guy. He jumps out the 18-wheeler, he starts knocking on my window. Yo, you didn't see me, you cut me off. And I rolled the window down and said, yo, you want some action over this for real? <laughs> I said, are you serious, man? You And he was knocking on my window like he wanted some action. Right, right. And I said, yo, are you serious, man? Is that serious? Uh, I said, all right, man, I got out the car. He seemed, he ran and jumped and locked the door. <laughs> I was like, yo, and, and you know. He's about to give him that action. Huh? Yeah, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, how do I go back and tell somebody I had a fight in the George Washington right. Bridge? It's the stupidest shit in the world. You Sometimes you got to grow up. Of course. You know, when I was young, I wanted to box. I wanted to fight. I thought, man, fight the power. I'll never forget. James Brown hated me to the day he died. Really? Hated me to the day wow. he died. Because all the London press was saying, you know, Eric B. brought your career back. He Fuck Eric B. Mm. That's what James Brown. Fuck him. Right. Fuck him. Fuck the world. Who the fuck is this, this rap guy to exactly. bring my career back? He's, I'm James Brown. Right. Fuck Eric B. Because remember he had just got out of jail. Right. And we start playing all his records. He was like, I remember Daddy O said, you know, talking about James Brown and his mm -hmm. record. Mm -hmm. And so James Brown was old and to Eric B and Rock right. him came out with I Know You Got Soul. All that jazz, right. Yeah. So James Brown no, hated me. We took that personally. Oh, of course we Did took Did you ever meet? Did you No. Ever... Let me tell you the stupidest shit in the world. We're out on the road. We're in Texas. We go to Texas. We buy all these guns. We're like, man, we're going to James Brown's show. We're going to kill James. <laughs> the stupidest shit in the you world. Paid in full posse, Exactly. Right? The stupidest shit in the world. My father said, what? Oh, your father's on the road with y'all? No, my father. We come back. We right. told him, man, 
Yo, we gonna do this. We're about to shoot said, up. You the stupidest niggas I ever. Yo, no, we about to shoot up James Brown. Yeah, we want some action. <laughs> we young and stupid. Just right. the stupidest. That's right. what I'm saying. So you learn from that stupid mentality. You know, fighting. If, if you're women, fortunate, if you're fortunate, you gotta yeah, fighting women and all of that's that's the dumbest shit in the world. Right. Walk away. Walk away. It's hard. It's hard because your ego gets in the way. Walk away. When you're young and stupid, you 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 got an excuse. Right. I'm somebody's grandfather. Right. I got no excuse. I beat the woman up. You don't want to hear that shit from me. Yeah. What do you mean, Eric B beat his beat his broad up? You don't want to hear that shit from me. You didn't hear, you know, talking loud and this and that. You just gotta say, you know what, I'm out. You gotta learn from right. you know, gotta learn from the silly shit that you do when you're young. That like a lot of people say, Well, Eric, you know, you have a different mentality. I do because I learned from being being young. Do I fight? I fight in my sleep. Mm. That's the easiest thing to do. But it's hard to be nice. Be but you know what I'm saying? But you gotta do it. Right. Getting into an altercation. I'm somebody's grandfather. Mm-hmm. What am I doing getting into an altercation? Risking everything. Yes. You giving the police a free shot at you. Right. For what reason? You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing no silly ass shit like that. Sometimes you just gotta swallow it. I went to a show and um, the guy came by and we're with a bunch of people. I'm with my friends, a deputy mayor uh, from Newark, and we're sitting there. And and so the guy comes in the aisle. I'm sitting in the corner. So I jump up to pay for We bought some water or something. Guy behind me goes, yo, sit the fuck down. Yo, all I'm doing is paying for the water. Right. Yo, man. What are you missing? Yeah, I looked back. I was like, man. Let me, let me, just, let me just eat that right now. Man, man, I had to, man. I was like, Whew. I said, man, just, just stupid altercation. Right. Now, if you see me paying for the water, it's not like I'm standing up to obstruct your justice. Right. You I'm, I'm not disrespecting you. Yeah, I'm, all I did was pay for the, yo, right. and just, he, I guess he wanted to show off in front of the broad. Probably, probably. Yo, yo, sit the fuck down. This... What? You talking to me? I was like, man, you gonna get everything you want. <laughs> That's crazy. What was your relationship with Apple, man? Apple was my man. Really? Apple was, you know, that time laughing, joking, funny. You know what I'm saying? We had a great time. I remember when he, everybody was talking about Apple had the video camera, was video tam- video all the chicks. Mm-hmm. He didn't have no camera. I'm the one that took him to get the camera. Mm. We went to Lazarus Electronics on 125th Street, and he, and he bought the video camera. That's when the first time he bought a video camera. And I, I mean, he was he was cool. That was my man, Haitian Jack. Uh, Jack, shh, that's a different animal right yeah. there. Jack, Jack was all over the place. Jack was my man. Is a good guy. I mean, we had we had a great time together too. Jimmy Henchman, man, same thing. We were cool with everybody. You know what I'm it's, saying? It's, we all crossed. We crossed all lines. We were cool with everybody. What do you think about his situation right now? Like just how they I think get. it's a mess, man. Right. I think it's a mess. I mean, Jimmy, man, may Allah be pleased with him. I, I, it's just, man, it just got messy. And a lot of people start telling and this, that, and pointing fingers, and it got really messy. I think Jimmy, as a brain, as, as a black man, a thinker, was one of the greatest thinkers, you know, that I've met. But it just, it just got messy, man. Right. It just, you know, people telling on him, saying this, he did this, he did that, he didn't do this and didn't do that. And, you know, it just got messy. Whether it was substantiated or not. Yeah. Just talking. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, you dated Wendy Williams, man. Nah. You never did? I don't talk about women. Okay. You know what's so funny? She she said you did. That's what, you know what's so funny, man? We laugh about that. You know, I'm still a gentleman. Right. And I, I, believe, I respect that, man. I believe that at the end of the day, we were friends. Right. We were cool. And, you know, saying people dated and this, that, and the other, I think that's, 
that's some childish shit, right. man. Okay. To to really you know gain notoriety. Oh, I used to do this. We went what? Come on, man. That's not the way. You know, I want to see my grandson talk about women, or mm-hmm. talk about somebody, or even get yourself into that mode. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, Wendy's married. Mm-hmm. You know, has a beautiful son. You know, husband and great career. And and I great I, career. Did and I ever, wish her the best. Did you ever think she? Of course. Be, you, you of knew course. That. You saw of it. Of course. Great. Great speaker, man. Very articulate, man. And 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 a great person. You know, on the inside. Of course, you know, I've I seen that vision come, and I think she she's a great person, but I would never sit here, oh, I did this with Wendy. I, what am I getting out of that? Right. Like, this is the stupidest shit in the world, right. man. It's like, Wendy Wendy was, my father loved Wendy, man. May Allah be pleased with him. My friends, she used to be around Fox and all the other people, and she was cool. I mean, for me to sit here and talk about what I did with Wendy, what I didn't do, man, it's, it, come on, that's some childish no, ass shit. Definitely man. respect that. She man. was our, our friend. Right. You know, that's I'll, I'll leave it at that. Wendy was a friend a friend of ours, a friend of the team. Now, after your record career, man, your, your career, you've done so many different things, yes. man. Suge Knight hired you to run Death Row East? No, it was my vision. Like, Hammer came, and then we were all together, Tupac, and we were all together, and then we turned around and said, you know, I said, E, let's do a label. And right. I came up with an idea. I said, well, let's call it Death Row East. Right. And then Tupac got killed, so all of that went down the drain. Yeah. There's a story that um, Suge had beef with Lior. Suge had beef with everybody. And and Chris Lighty wanted to step to Suge. No, no, see, no. No, 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 no. And, and you were in the, but there nah. was some type of altercation? No, nah, never. Never? Never. Not when I was around. Okay. I, was, I wasn't around. It might have been, but I wasn't around for okay. the altercation. How were you involved with Baywatch, the TV show, man? Oh, I used to work at All American Communications. Uh, we did Baywatch, and then we had the record label. It was, I mean, it was a like great. doing. What did you do for Baywatch, though? I mean, I was vice president of operations. Really? Yeah, I was vice president of operations. Then it was, you know, I was there on the music Yo, side. Yo, how smart are you, Eric? How smart are you, man? I'm not that smart. Come on, stop I'm playing, not that man. Smart. I, I'm not. Ba- that we're talking smart. about Baywatch, go, dude. You, you not, go from Beta Full to, to Baywatch. I'm not, I'm not that smart. Gold, that, that's gold, crazy. Gold and Rolls Royces went up, and we didn't capitalize on it, so I'm not right. that smart. Um, you sat down with both George Bushes yeah. in the White House, of course. Of course, I love it. How? How was that? Like, how? That's cool. These, they're cool. Guys. You know what's so funny? Uh, uh, George W. Bush, this, you know, the, the son, he actually had more black people in his cabinet than any other president. I heard. And I heard he's a cool cat. Yes. In yeah. person. He just, don't like, he just don't like people begging him and, and stuff like that. He was one of the nicest guys in the world. I, you got to remember, he had Condoleezza Rice. He had... Um, Eric, Eric Eric Holder. Yes. Eric Holder was my neighbor. Right. Really? Eric Holder lived around the corner. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying from me. So, I, you know, he had more black people in this cabinet and appointees, even the um, the uh, black guy, he, run, he ran the housing department. I mean, everybody, look at all his appoint, appointees. And, you know, and when Kanye said he doesn't like black people, I was like, I don't know where he got right. that from. Because he, he, he had more appointees in, in his cabinet than any other president, black people in his cabinet than any other president. That's crazy. One of your biggest personal accomplishments is sitting down and meeting and talking with the late, great Nelson Mandela. Wow. That was the funniest thing ever. How'd that happen? Um, we had a dinner for uh, Mandela when he came home right. um, at at uh, Robert De Niro's place. Okay. And uh, so probably about 20 of us. And, and the funniest thing in the world was my father went, went, went with me and we went down there and Mandela loves boxing. Mm-hmm. So he got, he was, a, he was a boxer before. Yeah. So he has the secret service with him 
He got his own detail with him. So he comes over to the table, my brother, my brothers. So my father gets up and he's hugging my father, my brothers, my brothers. So he starts talking about Joe Lewis mm. and my father. So, so now the secret service, they're not trying to be right up on him right. because we, you know, it's only 20 people in there and they're not trying to, you know, let him breathe. So they're on the perimeter outside. So Mandela gets up in the middle of the thing and him and my father are talking about boxing. So Mandela got his hands up. My father got his hands up. The secret service goes, Oh my God, they get ready to fight in the uh. middle of the floor. So the secret service runs over there. Mandela goes. So then they come over. The, the assistant comes over, starts whispering. Is it? He says, "Hey, hey, don't interrupt me when I'm talking to my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> don't come over here again." And so him and my father are standing in the middle of the floor and throwing punches. It, it was the most. It, it was the That's weirdest amazing, thing man. and weirdest that thing I ever seen. So amazing. And my father never forget. My father Mandela had a glass. And a napkin and stuff like that. My father said, Mr. Mandela, is all right if I keep the napkin? My brother, I'll give you anything I got. My brother, it's great to see. They're in there with their hands up and showing each other boxing moves mm. in the middle. I'm like, this this guy. And my father, never forget, I've never seen my father cry. And tears came down. He said, man, wow. Eric, I can't believe this, man. I can't believe I'm here with, with Mandela. And I'm sitting here, one of the greatest men of all times. Man, it's it's so beautiful hearing about your relationship with your father, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's so funny? Everybody else had a relationship with my father, right. whether it be Flavor Flav, Fox, or anybody else. Everybody else used to. You know, Flavor Flav would come to my father's house about four o'clock in the morning, and and he show off his new car. Mister B, I got a new car. Shit, nigga, Flavor Flav, boy, he said, Flav. My neighbors, you gonna wake up my neighbors? You know what I'm saying? And he was like a father to everybody, mm. everybody in the team. Like even if we had women that came from out of town to see us. They go hang out with my father before right. they come to see us. Right, right, right. And he'd take them around and, and all that kind of stuff. And he really was a father to the whole team. I think the most fortunate thing, though, about your relationship with your father is that he was very proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. What, without a doubt. I'll never forget. He was like, you know, I, you know, I bought him the rolls. I gave him the rolls. Royce. He was like, Eric, who, who, who? And I remember him telling me. He's like, who else, who else, their son bought them a Rolls Royce? He said, I ain't got no friends that his son bought them a Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was proud of it. Right. He was, he was very proud of it. Right. You talk about boxing. You, you're involved in boxing. Right yes. Now. I love boxing. Man. You, you're, you're on the New Jersey Boxing Commission? No, I got a, my own boxing belt. Okay. But you know, it's, um, being in boxing is great. You could do so many different things. Right. Like when I managed Floyd Mayweather, right. uh, Oliver McCall. Right. Uh, Riddick Bow. I've done so many different things in boxing that I love it. It's a great one of the greatest sports. I love it. Um, you have a community center. Yeah, in Newark. Yeah, we do. I did that for years. Right. And, and uh, is it is it still running? We you ain't open a new one. Okay. So I've done that for years. Um. Hey, you did your homework. Jeff. I mean, I, you know that's what I do, man. Okay. Um, nominated. Yeah. For the Rock and Roll Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I knew he wasn't going going to win that. Why? Because. I remember all the newspapers start talking about Eric B. and Rakim should walk in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame backwards. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are really temperamental guys. Right. And I knew it. I remember, um, uh, what's his name, was on the board, and he wrote everybody on the board letters saying how important it is for us. And I knew it wasn't going to work because I remember uh, other people in there, you know, talking about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I knew it wasn't going to work. Mm. I knew it. when they, The way they were talking about it. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will turn their back on you in a minute. Of course, of course. Oh, they're not playing at all. Of course. Oh, you're going to force us to, to put them in? Uh, ain't, ain't no way. 
What else are you working on these days, man? Everything. Like what, man? Everything. You TV? know what? You know what it is? Yeah, TV. But you know what it is? Being retired, you do everything. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, wake I up in the I can't morning. Believe, I can't believe you're sitting here telling me you're retired. Yes, man. I wake up in the I got one of the greatest lives in the world. I wake up in the morning. What am I going to eat? Yo, what kind of time? You don't have to on? think about anything other yeah. than shit what, like that. What am I going to? What kind of suit am I going to put on today? Did I wear that tie before? Let me go back to the pictures. You know, I got a great life. No man. stress. By the grace. Well, of course. No stress. It, it's stressful. You know, people try to stress right. you out, but I don't I don't let them. Man. I'm telling you, when I say I'm at peace with myself, I'm at peace with myself. Whatever happens is going to happen. What do you attribute that to, man? Does, does that go back to your father yes. again? And your, and your... My, uh, my father, my uncles, my mother, all of them have this like monotone, you know, temperament. My grandmother. Oh, my God, man. My grandmother. Her face, like everybody asks, well, Eric, where do you get that face from and that look? My grandmother. My grandmother was one of the most God-fearing women you ever met. She'd mm-hmm. read the Bible, you know, for lunch. She'd read the Bible. But if you seen her face, you'd be like, man, E, I'm going to go stand outside. Ben, and <laughs> your grandmother. Right. And But she was one of the nicest right. women that you ever met. met. Like my grandmother, we'd come off tour and drive to Ruville, Mississippi, the back road. There's only one traffic light in the, in the city. Come through there. We'd come through there at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. My grandmother would get out of the bed and cook for us. Mm. She was like, no, y'all can't go to bed hungry. You know how them old Southern women are. You know, you can't go to bed hungry. And she'd get out the bed and make fresh biscuits and, and cook and cook for us. And if you've seen her face, she'd be like, uh, yo, you must stand in the tour bus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely good. Yeah, grandma, just don't look, right. don't look hip-hop right here, grandma. Yeah. Internets, today's sponsor is Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash combat and using the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T. Listen, you spent about a third of your life sleeping. I had a little bout with insomnia recently, and it reminded me just how important it is to get a good night's sleep. Sleep is not the cousin of death. Sleep is the cousin of life. And one of the best ways to do that is making sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Do it on a good mattress. Casper brings together two comfy technologies together for better nights and better days. Brighter days. Latex foam and memory foam. Foam, foam, foam. Foam, foam, foam. Foam on, foam on, foam. So they've just got the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. I got a Casper. They delivered a Casper to my house um, about a year ago. Listen, other than that bout of insomnia, because I don't want to be a hypocrite, your brother's been sleeping very well. They got a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver it straight to you if you try it for the 100 days. And if you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. At the store, maybe you'll get a minute to try their mattresses. With Casper, you'll actually get to sleep on it. It's $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. For all my kings and queens out there, comparing that, compare, c- 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 comparing that to industry averages, that's an outstanding price point. So get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash combat and using promo code combat. That's me. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to the show. Two more questions, man. Sure. You worked with, in many in many people's um, opinions, the mm. greatest MC of all time. Okay, who are your top five favorite MCs of all time? Um, top five, I think LL. Um, uh, it's rough, man. I I really don't have a top five. Mm. I think LL is un- underrated. 
Uh, Melly Mel is definitely yes. definitely a great inspiration. Melly Mel is deep. My first favorite MC. Deep, man, deep. I, I mean, you know what? I, I find some greatness in everybody, even the new guys, man. I, I love Drake, man. I love Drake the is way, amazing. I love the way he pushed the envelope. And I tell him, I, I told people, I said, Drake's best work has not come yet. Yeah, exactly. I said the kid is still getting acclimated into being a star and, and being comfortable listening to his momentum, record. His momentum is crazy, man. Yeah. I said Drake could be around for the next 20 years mm. if he chooses to. Wow. But listen to this. He still hasn't went back into acting mode. Mm-hmm. Look, I laughed at the commercial. The commercial, you could see his acting skills mm-hmm. and the commercial that right. he has. I mean, you know, these new guys, I mean, even Lil Wayne, these new guys have pushed it and pushed the envelope. Kanye's, you know, pushed the envelope. You know what I'm saying? Then you still have, you know, you still have the, the other guards around. You have Nas and you have uh, Jay-Z still mm-hmm, around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These guys are still still around and ready to go. It's good to hear you commending the new generation. Because a lot to. of people from that era don't, man. Because they're hateful. Because they didn't take care of their business. Mm-hmm. They're mad at the new money that these guys are getting. You got to remember, Eric B. and Rakim put themselves in a great position. Eric B. and Rakim go on the road. We get 150, 200 grand a night. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We put ourselves in a great position, and a lot of people didn't put themselves in that position, and they're hateful. Like I said, I'm in a great space. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm at peace with myself. So you can appreciate everything. I'm not mad at nobody. Yo, mad about what? These new guys getting it? Let them get it. Let it get it. I'm still still the elder statesman. I'm good. Come on. Who who picks up a buck fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a night? You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying I'm, I laugh. I think it's great. You know, these new guys running around doing it. I remember when we were young doing the same thing. And it's a it's a great it's a, Oh, well, they didn't make records like you guys. It's a different era. They're not it's supposed to. It's a different to. time. They're not supposed to be paying all that money in the studio <laughs> with all that tape and, and yes. engineer. It's a different right. time, different day. These guys, you know what they're doing. You know, they're great for this era. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm saying. It has to change. The music has to change. Every six months, you know, mm-hmm. you got a new star. Every year you got somebody else that emerges, and it's great. It keeps the art form going. It keeps the music going. You know what I'm saying? Look, we're 30 years later, and we're still the hottest music, the hottest genre out mm-hmm. there. We, we're still the most influential. Still driving exactly. pop culture and yeah. culture around the of world. Of course, yes. and it's getting better mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Wait, come on. We're in, club, we're in places like Ibiza and, and places like that. You know what I'm saying? Where, where we're... We come into the club, we're like seeing a dinosaur on 125th Street. Right. Oh, my God, look at, you know, look at this. So I think that these young guys are great at what they do and get out the way. Right. You know what I'm saying? I tell people. If you don't get, like them, get out the way. If you don't way. like them, you don't right. like them, get out the way. Right. You don't have to like this. Turn it off. Right. Go, to, go to XM Radio and go to Ed Lover's show. Yeah, and yeah. if you want to listen to old school rap, go to listen to Ed Lover. He right. plays a lot for you. Right. And, you know, get in your lane. Backspin. Exactly. Right. Get in your lane mm-hmm. and, and listen to that type right. of stuff. Right. But don't get, you know, I just, I'm happy for these guys. And that's what puts me in a great space because I'm not being negative. I'm not. Oh, you know these guys shouldn't be doing this, and they didn't. We didn't a, have to curse. Elder statesman. No, yeah, you got to be an elder state. You can't be an old school hater, old funky hater, and all that. Me and Fox going <laughs> old rusty hater and all that. You uh, can't. Uh, uh, who, who got time for that uh, silly no, I, I shit? I don't got no time for that. Man. Then you should embrace these young boys right. and and teach them stuff. And and like I tell them, don't fall in the same holes I fell in. Hmm. Don't have kids out of wedlock. Don't have kids by different women. Don't fall into the same holes that we all fell into right. being stupid. Right. And and that's what you got to do. Be the elder statesman and say, look, man, you know, I'm not trying to be in your business, but you shouldn't do this, 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 mm-hmm. this and that. And they respect that. Right. 
I'm not coming at them. Yo, you know, in my day, I was doing this and that. Come on, man. In my day, you know what I'm saying? The people that that's with me are grandparents. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm happy with that. Right. You know, I'm happy with that. And, and where I am in my life, they talk about, oh, you guys are old. Like, like my daughter, I never forget. She used to come in. Erica used to come in my office and she used to tell me, oh, dad, when you did that, that was a long time ago. I said, what? So she was telling me, um, that, you know, Lil Wayne is hot. Nicki Minaj is hot and Drake is hot and this and that. I was like, yeah. I said, and I tell the story all the time. It's pretty funny. And I looked and I was like, well, you see this little girl right here? What I'm doing? I'm signing a release. So Lil Wayne is doing one of my records. I said, so Lil uh, Wayne likes your father. Mm -hmm. Lil Wayne likes your father and you like Lil Wayne. Right. And I'm still the man. Now exactly. get out of my office. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And I tell the story because it, it's funny. She she was the one who turned me on to right. Nicki Minaj and Drake and all that when they were coming up. It's good to have kids around. Yeah, of course. Because they, they keep you young, man. Of course. And she put me a dad. You don't know nothing about music and this and this and that. She put me on to them. Right. And, you know, and I, I really appreciate, you know, what they do. Right. These guys are great, man. Yes. You yes. got to love it. Yes. You got to embrace it and, and take and be the elder statesman. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Who, who don't want to be Dr. J? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who don't want to be Michael Jordan right. and be the elder statesman? Mm -hmm. When you walk into the building, they're like, oh, shit, man, that's Michael Jordan. Don't, yo, that's Dr. J. Who don't want to be an elder statesman, man? I, I love being an right. elder statesman, right. seeing these guys, man. Hey, how you feeling, man? How you doing? They don't bother me. I don't I don't want to be them. I don't want my pants hanging around my ass mm. and all that old silly ass. Right. This is what they do. That's that's you know, people talking about, well, Eric, do you like this is what they do. Let them be kids. People were criticizing y'all back in the day. Shh. They were criticizing y'all for being was. kids. Of course they was. What is all this shit around the neck? It looked like chains <laughs> from slavery. Right, right, right. Y'all don't know the chains y'all put on your neck. Y'all look like slaves and this and this and that. Oh, okay. I hear that. What right. do you? These guys, what they do, man, this is what they do. Embrace right. them, man, and move on. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Last question. Okay. From from someone that, that that's ever be the president. Yes. Who you who you putting your money on for president, man? Um, Hillary. 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 Hillary's going to run. If Hillary, Hillary makes it, which we all looking forward to, Hillary is going to run. She's going to run Donald Trump right off the, mm. off the, off the bus. Is, it's, is it no, crazy, man? Is it crazy that, that, that Trump... Like, he has so much push behind him. I love it because Trump got in to divide the, the vote. Mm -hmm. That's the split the vote. And then he wound up getting momentum. Mm. He wound up saying silly stuff. And, and it goes to reality shows. Like, people love that silly stuff. Right. Nobody's talked about no issues. None. No issues. You're just, a clown. They just yeah, exactly. And, and, you you got a you got small hands. You got yeah. this. You, what is any? I'm gonna put a wall up around <laughs> with the Mexican. What? Yo. It's like yo. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Right. But but they, the but times, they it up, man. It's the times we it's live the times, in. Yes. But Hillary is gonna run him right off the mm. board, man. Mm. And you know, and I'm I was laughing. I was I was on Twitter and I was laughing today. And somebody wrote on Twitter. Because I, I put back a, a Thursday, my Thursday throwback picture, and a guy wrote, he said, Eric B. and Jam Master J were the guy, the DJs that wore jewelry and had the most swag, you know, out of all DJs. Then somebody else wrote, um, Eric B. doesn't get doesn't get the props that he deserved for taking hip hop to the next level. Mm. I was like, wow. wow. I was like, that's different. Right. You know, and, and, it's, and it's true because right. I don't do interviews. I don't talk to people because it's like, yo. Give me the money. I don't. This, I didn't get in here to be a star. Right. You know what I'm saying? Give me the money. I'm gone. I'm out the way. It's like, you know, managing people. 
I don't get into the photos with them and it's I'm behind I'm standing behind the camera, right, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? This this is their business. Right. It's their time to shine. You know what I'm saying? I I don't I don't do that. I really you know what I'm saying? I, I feel in my heart, man, I had a had a great run. Mm-hmm. Had a great run with Eric B and Rock Kim. And I'm like again, you know, I don't like to sound like a broken record, but I I'm at peace with myself. Right. I, I feel Very good. good man. I feel good. I'm in a good space, Excellent, man. I don't man. let nobody, you know, mess up my day and hate on me. If you want to hate on me, man, okay. Keep, yeah, keep that hate, man. Man, this has been phenomenal, man. And, and like let's I do said, it again. When, when I, what, what are we going to talk about next time, man? Let's what do, what are we talking about next time? You're going to go Because we talked it. about everything. No, we didn't. You're going to go over it. What, you're the, what, go what, over what did it. I miss? You're going to go over it and you're going to be like, damn, I missed this. Yeah, I might, yeah, I might have to you're do gonna that. You're going to say, man. damn, I missed this. Nah, man, I, I really appreciate this. And I, and I really appreciate it because you really don't do interviews, man. No. Mm-mm. I and try to stay away because you know what it is? It gets in the he said, she mm-hmm. said, and it just gets to be so childish, right. man. You know what I'm saying? I don't got to get up here and tell no lies and this and that. The, the, the money talks. Mm-hmm. The, rec- the You know, the records talk they, for themselves. You know what I'm saying? No publishing, no royalties. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I did this record. I did this record. So why does Eric B. and Rakim get all the royalties mm-hmm. in the publishing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again... You know, I just get so sick of just the negativity. Oh, Eric and Rakim don't get along. Why we don't get along? Every time I see Rakim, I seen him the other day in Newark, New Jersey. He did a show in Newark, New Jersey. And, hey, man, what's happening? You, We hugged each other. We're back. You know, we're back. But it's it's just, I think that at some times, you know, we all have to grow up. Mm-hmm. We all have to grow up and be men and grandparents. You know what I'm saying? And show each other love, man. Stop with the, this negative. He said, she said, yo, man, that's the kind of stuff that messes up your dean, man. I don't got no time for it, man. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm, I, I can't say it enough. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a great space. I'm in a great space in my life, man, and, and love life. When I wake up every day, man, I, I get up at three, four o'clock in the morning. Don't have to go to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't have to go to work. But I turn around, like e- even in Newark, New Jersey, I volunteer. You know what I'm saying? To run the critical response unit. Really? Yeah, I volunteered to do it because I, I wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I have so much of a a great time. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, Eric, we're going to pay this. We're going to do this. We're going to do Man, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. You do, you do. You don't, you don't. Right. But I'm in such a great space. Like, you know, meeting so many great people, man, meeting you no know, governors and uh, politicians and, and reverends and pastors, imams. You know, and different people that I've met, man, I, I feel good. I, I'm having a great run. I'm having a the great run. The run is still on. Yeah. The run is still on. Every day I mm-hmm. get up, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and meet somebody like yourself. This is the first time I met you. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Listening to your podcast and different things that you do. When you meet different people that come into your life, you know what I'm saying? You're happy to meet them. You know, I'm man, I'm not I'm not a hateful guy. Hey, man, Jay, you call me up. Yo, E, I need to do an interview with somebody. Hold up, man. Let me, let me call. That's my man. You know what I'm saying? That's what you do. You know what I'm saying? But... Some people get into this negative mode and like you like you have me and Fox laugh about these old school rappers, how they have this hateful. Yo, man, when we was doing it, yo, you squandered your opportunity. Mm -hmm. Don't get mad at none of these young guys. Embrace what they do and move on. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got it. You know, I go out, you know, I go out to Jersey. You know what I'm saying? I got uh, Rockman Muhammad. He's a deputy mayor. It's my, my friend. I love him and his wife. I mean, we go different places and, have, you know, he turns me on to different political stuff. You know, I see so many different people. Man, I have a great life. I'm having a great run. You know what I'm saying? Raz J. Baraka is the, mm. the mayor of yes. Newark, man, has made a lot of changes mm-hmm. and, and, and done a lot of great things for the city. I mean, we're having a great, great run 
as a family and as a team. Are we going to argue sometime and not get along? Well, that's course. what brothers. Right. That's what brothers do. Right. But at the end of the day, we stick together as a team to make things happen. Of course. And we're, ha- and we're having a great time doing it. Is this new waters that everybody is into? Of course it is. So you don't know how to swim yet. You know what I'm saying? You still get acclimated to the water right. because, you know, nobody's been in this position before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're going we're gonna to figure it out and work together and make a change. That's what I tell people. you got to get into politics. you got to get into change. You can have all the money in the world. But at the end of the day, you, if you don't know who to pick, call. You can have garbage in front of your house, have all the money in the world. Who are you going to call to pick it up? Mm. You're going to call the 800 number and leave a message? Or you're going to call your local politician? Yo, man, I got a problem. Somebody keeps dumping it in front of my house. What? Let me call sanitation. Mm. Let me call. They're on their way to get it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you got to. I keep telling people now, don't sit there and complain about Trump. Don't complain about Hillary unless you're going to get out and do something. Right. Get out and vote. Right. Get out and vote. And, you know, they said Puff said something. Voting voting does matter. Mm-hmm. Voting does matter. You got to get out and vote. You can't continue to sit on the couch. And Yo, man. And the whole Yo, man, I don't like I don't like this mayor. I don't like this senator. Well, get out and do something, something about change it. it. Get out and do something about it. Get out and vote. Get out and get you a contingent of people and put them all together in the room. Hey, we're going to go out and start a movement. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm doing now. That's what it's about. All these different races, the governor's race, the the uh, president's race. There's so many different people out there that that are great mm-hmm. that you want to support. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to you got to support these guys that are great. Like even for the governor's governor's office, you got to you got to support them. Like we're going to we're going to have to make a decision. What are we going to do with de Blasio? Mm. Are we going to keep de Blasio? Do people like de Blasio? Mm. I think I met him personally before he became mayor right. and he was a great person, but does he know how to run the ship? I don't know. I haven't mm-hmm. been here in New York. Like what is the vibe here? Right. Are people happy with him? You know, I think people don't know if they're happy. It's like they're not impressed. Gotcha. That's what it is. I think people are not impressed with, with the vibe that he came in. Yeah. And what, what's changed? He's, I mean, personally, he's a great guy yes. when you talk to him one-on-one. Right. Personally, but that that doesn't that mean doesn't, that it translate right. into delivering running the city, running the city. Right. and uh, you know that, that's a sad thing. I mean, you know, I like him as a person, but is he running this? I don't know. I'm not here every right. day. I can't check the temperature of the water. So what do we it's, do it's about real, the? It's, it's real tepid. Yeah. So what do we do about the mayor's race? You know what I'm saying? What do we do about the governor's race? It's time for us to grow up and really set the tone. You know what I'm saying? Because we can set the tone and make the change. If we all got together, we could we could say this person is going to be in in the White House. This person is going to be in the governor's office. This person is going to be in the mayor's office. So the division that we all have right now, everybody loves it. Mm -hmm. The old school is hating on the new school. New school is hating on the old school. So now we don't we don't have them. We don't have them all together. Mm -hmm. But us together as a force. And we say we're going to stand behind this person to be governor. We're going to stand behind this person to be to be mayor. You know what I'm saying? There's there's so many different candidates out there and 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 different races. Like in in uh in New Jersey, in New Jersey, I I, I met a guy, great guy. You know uh uh Philip Murphy, mm-hmm. great guy. He was the ambassador ambassador to um to um Germany, fifteen years in the NAACP. Mm. Great guy. He he's running for for governor of New Jersey. Right. Great guy. You know what I'm saying? He has the financial. 
the financial strength to be able to take New Jersey to the next mm-hmm. level. Great God. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? You meet all these different people. You know what I'm saying? The other candidates, I haven't met them. Right. I, I don't know what our party is doing, you know, on a whole, right. because nobody's told me, Eric, you know, we're going to vote for this person. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But I had a meeting. I met with Phil Murphy, one one of the greatest guys that I've met. Man, he a uh, solid, solid guy all the way through. Been on the NAACP for 15 years and, you know, has the financial, you know, understanding to take this thing to the next level. Right. So, I mean, you meet so many different people, you know, being in my position. I'll be, you know, just being Eric B. That is, it's a great thing. Man, this is so impressive, man. Yeah. Well, life impressive. is impressed, man. Right. Life is, a, man, I, let me tell you something, man. Everything, I enjoy everything from getting up in the morning, mm. watching the news, or, or even three o'clock in the morning. You know, I know if I can't talk to anybody else, I can call Fox. Right. He's he's up. Fox be up. Yeah, he's oh, Fox is up. <laughs> Fox is he's he's sneaky. You gotta watch him. You know what I'm saying? He up in the Slide morning. Fly like a fox. Exactly. Right? He up in the morning. And and when you talk to him, he ain't on the phone. Oh, yo, he was happening. He's bright, right? Yeah. Fox yeah. be bright. Hey. Exactly. Yo, he was happening. Like he ain't went to sleep yet. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yo, he was happening. I see yo, Fox, I look at the thing. Cause I, I know Fox is up because he's on Twitter. Right. He to my good morning world and, and yeah. Yeah, and Fox, you know, he curses people out in the morning. Yeah. Good morning, world, man. This and that. So I said, "Oh shit, Fox is up. It's four o'clock. Fox yep. is up. Let me let me reach out to him." Yo, Fox, yo, E, what's happening, man? I'm just up, man. I'm you, just. You like this digital age, man? I love you, it. You love the communication love, of social man, media. I love it. You know, it takes. Where else can you have a record? You gotta remember, Eric B and Rakim grew organically. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it went from, it went from Harlem to the Bronx to Queens to Staten Island to Manhattan to Philadelphia to Connecticut, to North Carolina, South Carolina. So it grew organically. Now all you do is push a button and you worldwide in seconds. Instantly, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing. I, I, man, I love Coming it. Coming from our era, it seems like life is so much easier because everything is at the push of a button. Yeah, and it's like, it's so funny. I, I read these different articles about Nas and being into his technical stuff, mm-hmm. right? They say, oh, Nas is our, our next billionaire, our billionaire, because he's in the technical company. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I, I kill him. I send him the articles. He's like, oh, boy, Eric, here we go again. I call him up. I say, I say Nas. I said, let me hold something light for the hoes. <laughs> I said, you a billionaire. He's like, hey, man, they keep killing me every day because he's into the tech world. Yes. And that's what you got to be. You got to be in the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. or the new Silicon Valley that's in Santa Monica, California. Right. You got to be on the cutting edge to understand. You can't be that that stubborn, oh, I'm going to do things the way I did them 20 years ago. Right. The world is changing and evolving faster, faster and faster. Ever. If you don't you know, adapt, maybe you get left behind. And I was so I was so taken back. One day, uh, my friend uh, Delaney McGill uh, was in a meeting, and he went to meet with Jimmy Iovine. So Jimmy Iovine was meeting with um, not Warren Buffett. He was he was meeting with uh, uh, shoot, I, it was a bunch of people in, mm-hmm. in the meeting, and and they came up, uh, they came up, and they said. Um, he said, hold on, you know, Delaney, man, I apologize. I apologize for, you know, being late. It was two hours and they were trying to get some money. It, it was, um, what's my man name with the glasses, man? Oh, uh, not, not Bill Gates. Yes. Uh, Gates. Uh, uh, it was Gates. Okay. It was Gates. So, so he was alive. You know, I apologize. So okay. it was Bill Gates. So he, he was meeting with Bill Gates and Bill Gates told him, um, they tried to get some money for black schools and computers. And Bill Gates told him, yo, I'm going to give you some money, but. Black kids are 10 years behind in the digital device. I said, whoa. 
And what he he was 110 percent right. It wasn't like he was being prejudiced or he was looking down on black kids. He's telling the truth. We don't teach our kids. We're teaching Twitter, Facebook and all that other silly shit. But we're not teaching them, you know, how to be programmers. Mm -hmm. If they were programmers, you can come out of high school and and, and make and make a hundred grand, a hundred and change being a programmer. And we're not teaching that to our kids. We're teaching them silly ass shit. They can get on the computer and look up their Twitter account or look up their Facebook, but they can't look up anything else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like what he said was right. And I'm on a mission because I think that we should start teaching our kids, you know, about the digital age, about Silicon Valley, about the new Silicon Valley in Santa Monica, California. It's so many great things that are happening. And and me and Nas laugh about it all the time. Where else can you go? And I laugh about these startup companies. They come with these ideas and they raise they raise a hundred, two hundred million on an idea. Where else can you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, say we got a great idea. Okay, all right, here's some money. Let's see if the idea works. What? Where else can you do that? Right. America is the greatest place in the world. Yes, sir. Greatest place in the world to make money. So it's so many different things out there. That you can you can create, you know, create a, a paycheck for yourself and not just, you know, just be, get, you know, 20 and 30 thousand dollars a month. I mean, 30 thousand a year. You can get big money if you're into this stuff. All you got to do is pick it up and yep. learn. Yep. It, it's, it's, it's great stuff. It, it's there for you. And we have to push our kids into it. You know what I'm saying? We can't just say, oh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and all this other silly ass shit, you know, just playing games. What right. about what about what's going to take us to the next level? Right. You know what I'm saying? Pretty soon, you know, pretty soon we I've seen all the stuff. Amazon is delivering stuff right to your house. Within, within hours now. Yeah, they, they deliver within it. Within hours, the yeah. same day. Yeah, so I'm saying, how can you be involved? Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to get involved. I, should I want the money? Yeah. How can I be involved? You're about to so jump in this tech game, you man. got man, got to. I'm, yeah. I've been in it. You know, I've been in it since day one. You know, playing with transistor radios. Right, I'm right. in. Exactly. You know, what I'm, I'm in right. all all the way. Plugged in. Oh man, I got to be man. Yes, you got to. You got to know what's happening around here, man. And all of this stuff is just swirling around people, and it's just going around them, mm-hmm. and they don't even see it. Got to snatch it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get into it. You gotta stop thinking about sports and. Which sports and stuff, if you're talented like that, you should stay stay in the sports. But there's more things out there right. than being a rapper. Right. There's more things out there being in the studio. There's so many different things that that are great, man. And I just tell people you just gotta you gotta you gotta look at it. I, I was thinking we were talking about uh uh Phil Murphy mm-hmm. and how he came from Germany and right. we we're talking about, you know, the things that Hitler did, you know, in Germany. Hitler, Hitler being an idiot and the stupid shit that he was doing, killing people outside of that, he had he had a brilliant mind. He mm-hmm. did all the super highways, even the way we record uh, these microphones were actually made for Hitler. Mm. If you if you if you look at our microphones, during, during Nazi Germany. Yeah, right. because th- what they did was they had AM radios and they wanted Hitler. He was a little short guy. So they wanted him to sound like he was larger than life. Mm. So they had the ceramic based microphones and the U-47s and all of them were made for Hitler. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. It was so many different things that came out of Germany, you know, outside of Hitler doing the dumb shit he was doing outside. And you, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta learn from these different things and understand the world. This is a whole world out there. It's a lot of stuff outside of, you know, East Elmhurst, Queens. Right. There's a lot of stuff outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. Man, the internet is your, your eyes and ears to the world. Yes. And, and that's a great thing. And people have to pick that up. Yep. You can't, you can't just let, 
you got an internet. There's nothing that you can't research. Nothing you can't find. Yo, yo what you, yo, you want to know, you know what I'm saying? Where did he, if I mix these two colors together, what happens? Right. Yeah, go on the internet yep. and find out. Yep. It's, a, it's a great thing, man. And people have to take advantage of it. It's either we take advantage of it or we get as a, as we a, get taken advantage and, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Mm. You know what I'm that's saying? A good saying if you're not at the, you're not at the table, you're right. on the menu, right. and that's why I got into politics and mm-hmm. things that I I do because if if you're not at the table, the sitting menu. at the table, you're you're on the menu. About to get eight. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Listen, Eric, man, this has been an honor. Like I said, man, let's do this again. It's my honor, man. Definitely. I'm telling you, you're gonna get back and say, God, no, damn, let's let's definitely do this again. Yo, let's Fox, man, thank you for making this happen, man. Not a problem. Internets, dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams. It's black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Bow. Exactly. Numenati! Hey, yo, Internets, make sure you tune in next week to the third episode of the Weekly Drop featuring myself and the big homie Mika, what a.k.a. Up? B-Side Anthems. Yup, yup. That's what's, that's what's good. <laughs> that's what's good? <laughs> I don't even Young know. Yonkers is upstate New York. <laughs> yo, fuck that shit. Yeah. No, it's Jersey's not. Jersey's the start of the South, by the way. Yes, that I agree with. <laughs> This is, this is Meta, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> At? Yeah. Just email me. At mi gente. Samir Karam at Gmail. He's like, oh, wait, that is my Gmail. That's really his Gmail. That is his. Edit that out, man. Edit that out, man. He's like, oh. All right, man. So tell him where you can check it out. All right. So, internet, check out the weekly drop on iTunes, SoundCloud, your local bodega, uh, Hot 97, Power 1051, <laughs> Snap, EBT, BET, MTV, VH1, Catfish, Suspect, <laughs> all that. Love and Hip Hop, the weekly drop, baby. Yeah. And stay tuned next week as we drop the third episode of the weekly drop. Hashtag the weekly drop. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production. Yo, 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 what's the deal, Combat Jack? I want to give you a shout-out. It's Dirty Dope. Follow me at Dirty Dope Records. And that's Dope with a D-O-E. All right?